Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of The Collective Podcast. I'm your host, Ash Thorpe, and this week we're joined by concept artist extraordinaire and Learn Squared founder, Mache Kuchada. Mache joins us once more to give us an update on what he's been up to, where he breaks down lots of his growing pains and life lessons focusing on finding a positive and productive flow in life while working at your maximum output. We also talk a bit about his personal projects and where he plans to take those in the near future. If you're new in the industry or a seasoned veteran, you're going to really enjoy this one. This episode is brought to you by Learn Squared. Learn Squared is an online art education platform that is founded and powered by industry-leading artists from around the world. The key feature to Learn Squared comes from our community and the ability to connect directly with those that you admire and learn applicable and usable knowledge by those that are leading the way in their particular professional field. If you're interested in sharpening a particular part of your creative ability or just simply curious to see how others work and problem solve, head over to LearnSquared.com and begin your journey. Here we go, everyone. Episode 158 with Mishé Magdog Kuchak. So, I mean, it's been a long time since our first episode. A lot has happened. Uh, we've started a company together with Andrew. Uh, <laughs> we've taught each with other. With the sandwich man? <laughs> we've taught each other many things. Um, you've had your first kid. Uh, you've slain it in your freelance career. I think before when we first did our episode, were you freelance then? I can't remember. No. You no, weren't. Not, you, the, not the first one. Yeah. Not the first one. <laughs> Second one was getting close there. Yeah. I was still commuting though. I was, what, what was the second one? How what, many years yeah. ago was that? What movie was that on? <laughs> I can't remember. <laughs> yeah. It all flies. It's been a while. flies by. I'm trying to think of it. Let's see. Um, it's been like at least two years or something. Yeah. More than that. It's been a while. Um, and I didn't think of to do an episode with you because I talk to you every day. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sick and tired of your voice now, but I know the, the people need I hate it. You too. The people need it. The people need <laughs> they need their massiesh. Uh it's so funny when, when I people try to say your name, they're all Machiesis, Massiesis. Dude, I'll tell you a funny story. Mercedes so, Benz, dude. Mercedes did, did I tell you <laughs> Did I tell you when I came to US? Um so the very first day I came uh, and you know, we were unpacking and like, fuck, I gotta, I gotta need to get a coffee or something, you know? Yeah. So there was like the Starbucks right downstairs. So I went there <laughs> and I'm ordering coffee and it, it caught me by surprise. Cause I, I think that was like first time I actually was getting Starbucks cause there was, there were no star, no Starbucks in Europe back then. It was like, what, 2010, I think they were opening some in Germany. Yeah. Um, so I was like, oh, everyone is raving about Starbucks. Let's try it. So I went there. and um, <laughs> That's how they say it too, the, by the way. People know. And the lady, oh, Starbucks. Oh, Starbucks. <laughs> and the lady's asking me, so what's your name? I was like, Mache. And she had such a trouble writing it down. I was like, fuck. All right. This, this is going to, is it going to be like every single time I order a goddamn <laughs> coffee that I'll be asked this way? Like, yeah. what's your name? Like, because they obviously write it on the cup. So pretty much, man. So after two times, I'm like, fuck, oh, okay, fuck that. <laughs> Got to figure out something else. So I've been trying to get you always, to change your name, dude. It Shit. was, it was MacDog. always taking longer to explain yeah. how you write my name than mm-hmm. ordering the coffee. So figured, you know what? I'll just make it Bob or something. <laughs> Every time something different. 
<laughs> I think Bob's <laughs> actually good. I think Bob. What do you do? You change it every time around. you order it. Um, no, I usually keep keep one that I fall back to, uh, but um, Bob Bob sometimes slips in. Have <laughs> you, you tried a like a Tolkien character, like a Gimbley or Bobo, <laughs> Bilbo Baggins? I, I don't want Bilbo. <laughs> Bilbo. I don't want to confuse people. I don't want to confuse people with the different like weird names. <laughs> Although you know, in US, you can you can really see some different weird names everywhere. Yeah. Um, like I was in Staples buying some office stuff. Some Staples. And the, yeah, and the, um, the lady at the counter, her name was Megatron. No was like, way. Yeah, dude. I was That's like, the coolest name. <laughs> you got some sick ass parents. <laughs> <laughs> the, the baby's born. Everybody's like, what are you going to name the baby? Like, well, we'll you'll see. And the baby's born. Megatron. They're all, <laughs> I present to you, world, Megatron. <laughs> and the, the Inception song comes on. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, that's uh, that's pretty unique. At least you can pronounce that, though. I think with your name, it's very complicated because there's all kinds of weird letters in there. And we're like, wait, why is there a J? What's the J do? <laughs> <laughs> and why is why is there an I and an E before the J? <laughs> What's going on here? <laughs> It's I was very, thinking about I was thinking about changing it to like like not changing it technically, but you know maybe using Amer- Americanized name on my website or something. And I figured, you know what, fuck it, <laughs> I'm not gonna do it. <laughs> Why should I? Let people figure it out. Conform, let them feel dude. embarrassed. Con- whenever they, whenever they ask, let, let them feel s- just slightly so embarrassed. You know, <laughs> they cannot do it properly. So, <laughs> although there are some clients that I worked with that surprised me. You know, like, is it much a? Oh yeah. All right, cool. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sounds good. They're like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but um, <clears throat> yeah, you haven't let your name hold you back, which is good. Um, so no, you, it's un- it's actually un- unique enough. Then if you if you type my name in Google, it it will be me. It will, it will not be like hundred different people. Joe Bob's. <laughs> yeah, Joe Bob's. <laughs> like uh, like our good friend John Park. The artist. <laughs> There's like so <laughs> many John Parks. Park. Let me just Google like... it right now. John <laughs> Park. Let me see. What There's comes so up? many of them. Number one, John Park musician. Underneath that, John Park American Idol audition HD. It just keeps going. A John Park baby. Uh, yeah. Why doesn't John Park speak English anymore? Question mark. How <laughs> <laughs> Harvard Kennedy School John Park. Jay Parked. Singer John Park reveals he has a mistaken so for Jay, a Jay Park. Oh, this one's good. John Singer Park. John Park reveals he was mistaken for a gay person. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> I guess John Park is a <clears throat> is a celebrity. <clears throat> is it that is that what we're gonna learn about John? He's a yeah, he's a singer and he, he loves dudes. Maybe he's just all at once. How about that? <laughs> yeah, but he actually his webpage does come up in the first search. It's Jay Parked. It's all the way at the bottom. You're doing good, John. You're yeah. you're going against American Idol, John Park, and all the other <laughs> millions of John Parks out there. When I first met him, it was, yeah. Well, the second time I met him, actually, the first time I met him was when he was working at um, I forget the name of the studio. They were making those awesome mechs, that mech game that they're building. Hawken. Hawken, yeah, which is awesome. Yeah. And I met him the second time. He did a talk, and in the beginning of his talk, he was 
like clowning on his parents for naming him that name. He was like, man, it's such a common Asian name, John Park, man. Like they come here like, oh, John Park, John Park, John Park. <laughs> so I guess like <clears throat> he was saying like in an art center, they, they gave him a number because there were so many Asian John Parks there. He was like subject 4522AB or something. <laughs> they had like a stamp. You're like, you're, you're not authentic. <laughs> Poor John. Poor yeah. John. Or John, we know. love that dude though. We <clears throat> love that dude. Super yeah. talented, super talented motherfucker. Yeah. <clears throat> He's a talented yeah. dude. Um, but yeah, but the last time we did an episode, um, Maya wasn't around, was she? She wasn't. Nope. I don't think she was around. Maya is um, Mache's baby, baby little baby yeah. girl. So baby. that's a big change for you, and it's, it's a been baby a big change for you. And, uh, and it's moving <clears throat> around and walking and talking, all that kind of stuff. <laughs> all that sass. I deliberately, I deliberately uh, keep it away from the public as much as I can. Yeah, we, there's, can, we don't talk a, about it too. Yeah, there was a, there was a conscious de- decision that I made. I do the same thing a couple of years ago, where I just figured, you know what? There's certain details about my life that I don't want to share, yeah. and want to keep them private. And if I talk with someone in person, then you know maybe I'll share some. But there's just like if you think about it, you know, uh, it's it's not outrageous to say that among thousand people, you're gonna have one psycho <laughs> with someone who's yeah. so fucked up in the brain that you don't want to have anything to do with that person. Yeah. So statistics have, say that um, seven or eight percent, I believe, from one of these books I read, seven or eight percent of the of our society as a whole have a sociopathic tendencies. So yeah, yeah, <laughs> and within that seven percent. Even if within that 7%, you're going to have only 2%. So like half percent of people are fucked in the brain. You know, you st- it's still like five people over a thousand. <clears throat> yeah, no thanks. Get out of here. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's actually good. How many, just... how, many, how many followers you have? Like we have thousands and thousands of followers. Yeah. Not we're not like the biggest names, obviously. There are no, way no. bigger names out there. Yeah. Far, like far J- cry like from that, but Dude, we can't even touch J-Lo. Here. <laughs> J-Lo. So, sometimes I look Why at these J-Lo? people. <laughs> I don't know. I just like, <laughs> came to say like some, some, you know, artist name or something. <laughs> no, dude. Like, look, a at singer, like, a, like look at like one of the Kardashians <laughs> or something, you know? It's like, well, what, how I think, does that uh, work? Dude, what is the most popular is PewDiePie. By He's far. pretty funny. Yeah, pretty funny. he's, he's funny entertaining. Uh, yeah. His videos are pretty cool. But I mean, there's, uh, I don't know. <clears throat> I guess it just comes down to what you're interested in. But yeah, he seems like a funny guy to hang out with. But um, yeah, yeah, he is funny. He is. And he's very genuine and Sabrez. in the way Sabrez. he yeah. in the way he produces his content mm-hmm. with giving zero fucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that's um, people really enjoy that because for so long, the media was so um, so superficial and was hard to really understand what their agenda was. And they felt like they were really, um, they had a hidden agenda. And I think that's why people gravitate like you and I gravitate towards enjoying Joe Rogan or, you know, just people being real. Like you, you, you introduced me to watching that Bill Hicks comedy skit. You know, it's so funny the other day I was watching Bill Burr, sorry, Bill Burr. And uh, Bill Hicks is awesome too. Bill, I was going to say, I was going to say Bill Hicks is great. Yeah, it was, um, let's see. I'm trying to think of that special, like, I'm sorry you're mad or something like that. Let's see. I'm trying to think of that one. Yeah, I had a couple of them on Netflix. (laughs) There was two latest ones that that came out. One was this black and white that was a couple of years ago. It was like two or three years ago. And then the one that came out this year or last year. 
this yeah. year actually it was like yeah it was earlier this year yeah yeah B- bill burr is he is probably the funniest right now i think from he's all great. the comics that I know. he's just so raw <laughs> yeah he does does he like just lays it out there he so this comedy special if you're interested in listening to it or watching it on, on netflix if you can it's called bill burr b-u-r-r i'm sorry that you feel that way um i'm sorry you feel that way is what it's called and it's hilarious you know what's weird is it got two out of five stars on netflix and i was like that's bullshit the haters yeah. the <laughs> yeah, haters it, i was like Dude, it must amy, be like social amy justice Sh- warriors or something weird i don't know because like, he gets amy into schumer, it yeah. amy schumer got like one out of five and did you notice that the star system disappeared from netflix <laughs> is it gone because i'm looking at it right now yeah, and, it's and gone. i see it i kind of love that because i don't think it's yeah valuable. Think, what be- do you think of that Oh, uh, it depends. Like if you get 4chan to start voting, then it's completely useless. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it defeats its purpose of even existing. And then it's like, and I don't even regard it. I remember when I first would watch, like I'd get into movies or something, I would refer to IMDb or the star system, or whatever. And now like I haven't even regarded it in the past three years or so. I was just like, but I saw it and I was like, who the hell's giving this two stars? I was like, I'm going to give it five stars every time I see him. I'm going to raise that up for Bill because <laughs> he's so funny. Apparently, we need more people like that that don't care. And I, like, he just attacks everybody. I think it was so funny. He was like, screw your groups and screw those people <laughs> and those gold diggers. And he was just going at it. Like, And he was, even if you don't agree with it, he had some really like funny, convincing points to it. I think was really interesting. And I think... Um, and most importantly it's a comedy yeah, yeah. it's a comedy there's hey, truth i'll tell it, you there's some truth i'll tell you something that i find most valuable by being here in america it's the free speech dude you can <laughs> say whatever the fuck you want and you're okay. not going to be prosecuted or done anything to you because of that i grew up in a country that wasn't a case <laughs> for my first five years if you'd said something dude i remember my mom telling me those stories and actually my, my grandma was telling me those stories that neighbors would like report on neighbors if something was going on suspiciously oh you would report on neighbors and the government would come in and like crack down on you there's a movie about like, that it's called the purge yeah well <laughs> <laughs> that, that that was the reality i lived in oh. communism so no, I really value I really value free speech. Speech. So yeah, it's pretty awesome. Yeah, it's pretty great. You get a bunch of yeah. knuckleheads and people think they're all entitled. Lucky you, America. Lucky you. <laughs> yeah, it's. I think it's a pretty good system. How do you like it living here? Do you enjoy it? I mean, you have your complaints and sometimes you bitch about it. Oh I'm, yeah, I'm like, there's certain I'm things. Like, Go that... back to Poland, then, bro. Go back to Poland. <laughs> There's yeah. certain things that are frustrating as fuck, but, you know, you quickly realize that pretty much every country has those things, you know? Oh, yeah. No country is perfect, and, um, man. Yeah. And you also learn about things, you know, um, you know, like guns or stuff like that. You know, we, that's not necessarily a topic we could talk about or we, we would want to talk about. Let's but only talk about guns. Let's do that. All right, let's do it. <laughs> uh, but the more the more you learn, it's like, you know, there's one side that is talking about one thing. The other side is talking about one thing and they just cannot communicate to one another. Yeah, unfortunately. And you know what? Fuck it. That's cool because, you know, it's free country. You don't have to communicate if you don't want to. So, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think that's the interesting thing about that stuff is that there's two opposites. They both have their own intention. And for the most part, they're almost like mirrors of one another. They're just opposite mirrors. And it's good mirrors. that those two opposites are there. You don't want to be in the society when there is only one side and they only, they're only they always I do. right. I want it my side and that's it. Because so. coming back to that subject of, you know, 7% being so- sociopaths. Yeah, that's What if stuff, one man. get elected? 
Oh, wink, wink. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, what do you think of this? Because, like, yeah, you know, coming from a communist childhood, and then now you're living in a Nintendo game. What do oh, you think it's of like this completely stuff? different. Mm. It's completely different. <laughs> I, I find it funny, but it's like it's I don't scary. know. It's it's weird. It's you know, it's idiocracy. The film happening in front of our eyes. Yeah, but then but we're stuck but then, in like, it involuntarily. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's weird. It's it's very weird. But I I appreciate that it it is how it is because, you know, then it's like for me it's like you have those two sides and all of them both left and right go too much left and too much right. Yeah, yeah. And then when the one side goes too much left, then the right starts like yeah and rebel right. And then Annoying. when it's when it happens the other the other way, the same thing. Yeah. The only the only thing that is worrying is that the the pendulum starts to swing more and more. It's yeah. like it's not it's not getting to the center. It's getting yeah. more left or more right, yeah. which is kind of fucked up. But um, yeah, it is what it is. At least at least there's options, you know. I think that's the key, and you're right. And I think that's the the variety. I think that America has is what makes it quite unique, you know. And um, yeah, I'm. <clears throat> Yeah, there's some silliness, but on I, less I, political I, I, subject though, I what I value here the most is the fact that if you set up yourself to do something, you can do it. Like there's yeah. nothing really stopping you. <clears throat> That's the best, man. That's what America's all about. You come here, if you have a hope and a dream and a vision, you can literally make it. And let's hope it's not a bad one, because <laughs> you can make <laughs> a really bad hope and dream, like you know, <laughs> some people. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, yeah, you know, like you can you can really make a, a strong impact in this world, and you have the the ability to do so. I was just watching. Anthony Bourdain's Parts Unknown, which is a show I know you like watching as well. Um, yeah, I really enjoy his shows. Cool. Did you see the the Texas one, the one in Austin, Texas? I think it was. Do you see that one? I've seen the Austin one, I believe. It was a little while yeah. ago, like a year ago, unless it's like the new episode or something. Um, uh, but I've watched it last year, and I don't know if the new episodes came out. There was quite a few, and kind of gives you in the perspective of how different parts of the world look like. Yeah. And it's like, it's more, more genuine look. Cause I mean, obviously it's a show, so it's got its certain, agenda. Yeah. yeah. It's got its agenda and it's more, I mean, it's focused on food. Let's, let's just be serious about it. Right. Cause it's a universal so it's not, thing. So, yeah, yeah. 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 But you can see how lives look differently, you know, like mm -hmm. just, just at least briefly and then appreciate where you're at. If you are in the good spot, obviously, cause if you're in a shitty spot, then <laughs> You're probably not gonna appreciate any of that. So yeah. Um, but I think cool. that one of the most important thing that I find about you know when I said you can you can set up yourself to do and become anything you want and you know and the, and there's there are possibilities to do it here. It's mostly because of the mentality and the history. I think the history of America is that you know America was founded on getting away from monarchy and getting away from you know some higher being saying like one human saying that's what we're going to do. And everyone else has to shut the fuck up. Right. It's like that's, King Joffrey that's, from game of Thrones. <laughs> get out of here with that. That's yeah. how, that's how this country was formed. I mean, yeah. I, I'm not like a historian or anything, but that, that was pretty the first much democracy. Yeah, that's or the, one of the, the first the democracies apart from American history. <laughs> yeah. Maybe apart yeah. from some Greek, uh, Greek, uh, city countries or whatever they were called. Mm. Those monopoly or metropolises or whatever. History lesson here, dude. Right there, people are getting but scienced. Science, historically, dude, dude. historically, majority of the people that live in America are very much like, "You want to do it? Go ahead, do it." You know, like yeah. I don't care. Like it's it's up to you. Go, good for you if 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 it happens. Yeah. Whereas 
from personal experience and talking to friends that still live in Europe and it seems like it's sli- slightly changing, but I-, I wish the pace of change was, was quicker. Yeah. Um, is that, you know, you want to do something and it's just like everyone will just drag you down. Oh man, you're never going to succeed. It's this and that. It's like, fuck dude. <laughs> I want to get ahead and you're just shitting on me all the time. And you know how it is. Like if you hang out with people that are always complaining, then you're like, you're going to start complaining at some point. So yeah, it rubs off on you because it's, it's an easier reaction to take. You know, it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the lower road that feels most natural because it's kind of how we're programmed. We're programmed to be kind of um, jaded a little bit on our, because that's kind of how we protect ourselves, you know? It's how we retain our own kind of sanity and also our, we can control our environment by prejudging it quickly, you know, and making like mm-hmm. assumptions and yeah. And that just, that's just bad. So, um, yeah, it sucks. It's just like drains you down. And you yeah. know, if you have, if, if you have really prolific people around you, then you, you're going to start, you're going to feel like a little bit of pressure. That's what I feel when I hang out with you, <laughs> like this <laughs> fucking pressure of, of, of being on top of everything. Yeah. And well, you're like, in my, so you're like, in my deep f- circle, dude. You're in my, <laughs> I don't mess around in this circle. <laughs> you get shit done, um, get out of here. <laughs> but I'd rather have that than, yeah. you know, I used to, I used to hang out with people, used to hang out with people that were just like, yeah, this guy sucks. And like talking about everyone behind each other's back ah, and that's sad. complaining, complaining, you know, it's one thing to complain and then do something about it. And the other, the other thing is complain and never do anything about it because, you know, talking is cheap. Yeah. But then actually doing something takes balls, you know? <clears throat> yeah. And struggle. most people don't want to conflict, you know? So, yeah, yeah, definitely. That's true. And I think that's a, you're bringing up a good point about like, you know, building your tribe, you know, and having a tribe of people that um, can make you stronger and better and um, the growing pains that you go through from that experience and stuff. Yeah. And, um, I want to shift a little bit and talk a little bit about Showtime. This is something that, this is your passion project. No. and. Um, bro time, lost, <sighs> lost in the show time, <laughs> lost, <laughs> we, lost in the boy time, lost in the boy time. We have all kinds of nicknames for it. Cause we, I mean, I have my lost boy thing and, and, uh, Mache has got his show time. So <laughs> show on the lost the- boy, we always like give it names <laughs> cause we're constantly giving each other crap all the time. So, uh, yeah. he'll, he'll send me this like awesome drawing. I'm like, it's pretty cool, dude. <laughs> just to mess with him uh, i always i always say i always send you something i was like oh it looks like a tomo oh it looks like this like, yeah yeah bro tomo bro tomo <laughs> and then well, you send me something from lost show, boy and i, I just, call it show tomo <laughs> show tomo you send me some lost boy and i was like oh like the batman <laughs> like those batman thingies <laughs> oh like uh like the neo neo city audio whatever that anime was oh okay i get it i get it <laughs> yeah we keep it real we keep it real did you just straight straight copy paste it i usually trace it, it, just trace it yeah because I, I have no soul and a lack of control and talent so <laughs> i want to be cool I want, you, it's fine. I want the instagram follower i don't do that just by the way <laughs> i Dude, want those instagram wanna... <laughs> followers <laughs> all right talking about followers and building let's and building audience that, yeah because yeah, you've been, you've been really getting into it and you know what we should do time too. we should we should all do the same thing that jake paul was doing over the last couple of months you on? know who jake paul is no i know who rupaul is so after this boss cast just google jake paul everyday bro jake paul everyday bro yeah everyday like bro he's yeah. a people yeah i i discovered it recently i was like oh my god <laughs> is that what kids are doing these days they are they're weird man <laughs> 
Oh, okay. Is this a music uh, video? You send all kinds yep. of weird stuff, dude. I do. Constantly. <laughs> I don't know what you do all day. You just get on the YouTube and you're just I looking just at YouTube, s- silly YouTube shit. The shit out of it. You keep sending me. I'm like, get out of here. <laughs> no, there's this one channel that I wor- that I watch almost religiously. It's called uh, H3H3. And it's similar similar to what PewDiePie does. Like, it's the cringe guy, right? And his girlfriend? Yeah, he's he's finding like cringe videos. He was doing that for the most most of his time so far. Yeah. Like those cringe videos where he would find like really cringy people and then just like do a commentary. He actually got sued for that like yeah. really heavily. <laughs> Fucked up like amount of money spent on lawyers. I think he spent like over a hundred thousand on lawyers so far. <laughs> just to just well, to he's pretty, he's an influencer stupid. now though, so yeah, you got to be careful when you, what you say out there and who you're insulting. So but, ooh, yeah, <laughs> it was just like commenting on some dude, and that dude like, oh yeah, fucking, I gotta sue your ass. Mm, that's another part of America. So yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the part that sucks because in Europe it's like, oh yeah, sue me. I gotta find a lawyer for three hundred bucks, then we're gonna settle. <laughs> and you're gonna get nothing, you fucker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be nice, but people, but yeah. you're talking about followers. You're talking about this Jake Paul. It's every day yeah, bro it's, song <laughs> featuring top 10. You know what? So when I watch that kind of stuff, I just feel like I'm old. <laughs> yeah. I feel like, old I, all I the time. I don't understand what's going on. Like I stopped. <laughs> what is going I stopped on? Under, I stopped understanding internet and everything yeah. all at once. When I see this kind of stuff, it's like, this is making millions of views. <laughs> what? Like five years ago or ten years ago, this stuff would be, (laughs) dude, this stuff five years ago would be like, oh my God, it's such a fucking cringe, you know? (laughs) Even today, if I think if you're you're older than 12, it is a cringe. (laughs) I'm I'm hoping if you're older than five, I'm hoping that it will like die, you know, like that stuff will eventually die. I don't know. But that stuff kind of, it all carries along because like, you know, you have like the Justin Bieber's and stuff and people love that and people really enjoy that as music, you know? And I think. I don't know. I mean, well, that comes Justin, with acceptance. Justin Bieber, you know, so. as much as you can hate that guy, because he's, you know, I didn't, I didn't at hate least him. Publicly, him. At least publicly, he tends to act like a douchebag. But I never met him. He's so a good I can't musician. Yeah, I can't judge. He's him. a good musician, and some people that know him, and from like listening to different podcasts, people that know him, they know him to be actually a good guy. So I don't know. I, think I don't you're know. Trying personal. to. Uh, Get on it's a good side. An act. What's your what's yeah. your uh, what's your what's your uh, covert operation with this? You're trying <laughs> to get on that to get that beeves going. You got the hairdo going on, so yeah, you just closing Dude. closing the <laughs> closing Dude, he's it so ripped, so sexy. <laughs> he's got all his jail <laughs> tattoos from never being in jail. It's just hot as hell. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is weird. It is weird. We are getting old, yeah, and like, how do we react? You know, like, how do we keep um, you know current? How do we keep up with all this stuff? All this like weird. I don't want to do this. I don't want to be like, yeah, look at my, look at my life, people, and like expose myself. Like, I'm like, no, nah, I'm not gonna I do think, that. I think being genuine is yeah, the way to go. That's always I mean, the way that's to go. that's yeah. a, like an advice you can give anyone. Just be genuine, you know. Yeah, keep it. Real. Be yourself. Be yourself. Keep it real. Yeah, yeah I think as that's long a, as you are, it should be fine. Yeah, there well, are obviously there are tricks and tips and tricks. What are the believe tips and tricks not, that if, you've learned? Because I know you study or not, this stuff. If you're good at something, if you're like really good at something, or at least trying hard to be good at something mm-hmm. and then you share it regularly and you'll be fine. You'll, you'll build, build your audience being genuine, being good at something, having an idea and then the following it and then sharing it. Yeah. The more you share it, the more people will follow. That's, that's simple, simple recipe. If you post like, 
we, we get those questions, right? Like how, how to build your Instagram audience or how to build your Twitter audience. Yeah. It's super, super simple. Post every day. Something yeah, good. Post good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good stuff. Yeah. yeah. Don't, don't, yeah. Don't just like, here's my fart. And, <laughs> yeah. I like the idea of posting your fart up. How do you post a fart? I don't know. Just record it. <laughs> <laughs> like a or, video or you make it you make That'd be it kind of stains. a cool i would follow somebody that would do a fart thing make That'd the photos funny. of your underwear i would follow a person if they farted once a day and they posted it up that would be pretty cool <laughs> i think that's not a bad idea actually i would there's a podcast there's a podcast the fart uh, podcast no it's it's made by <laughs> tom that. segura Tom Segura and his wife, Lisa, Lisa something. I can't remember her, her last name. Those are Rogan's called, homies, right? Yeah, yeah. It's called Your Mom's House. <laughs> they And they talk about fart jokes all the time. <laughs> it's well, pretty funny. Cool. Yeah. Pretty funny. They should, yeah. yeah, I think that would be They watch good. all kinds of fucked up videos too. <laughs> oh, that's not good. Him and his wife? Yeah, yeah. They're oh, laughing cool. at it. Oh. Yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty funny. He's, he's it's stoked. actually pretty funny. Yeah. yeah. Um. Okay, so back to showtime. So we were. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's gonna be like an ongoing topic for the next three hours. Yeah, and we'll, we'll get more. Yeah, <laughs> and you're like, and then you get those Instagram followers, and you fart. Yeah, you fart. <laughs> all those farts, and then all the farts come out, and then you get the followers. <laughs> yeah, it's great. <laughs> um. So how did show bro time? Uh, show bro. <laughs> bro show time. Oh toe time. Oh toe time. <laughs> How did Otomo time come? I mean, show time. <laughs> How did that come? It's funny too, because like all the people that were posting on, you know, when you post up, they're like, it looks like Akira, bro. Ha, yeah, bro. Ha. No, fuck it. It does. Yeah. Who cares? I, I like your nonchalant personality with that, though. Because, you know, for most people, they'd be like, shut up, man. Like me. It doesn't look like Otomo, man. I, I, stopped, I stopped caring too. I'm like, you know what? Whatever. You can't. I mean, you can't. Yeah, you can't control that. It depends that what stuff. you're doing it for. If, if, you're, if your agenda is to build audience, <laughs> yeah. build audience and, you know, be fake and just, just push, push it so that it's, it's only for the audience and nothing for yourself. You're yeah. going to burn out, dude. Yeah. Don't do that's that. Right? Gonna happen. Yeah, that's a good point. Cause like, so, if, you, if you do it for the audience, you are going to destroy yourself. Yeah. Which I think just do what good. you like to do. And I do what, what I like to do. And if, if, if it so happens that people follow it and, and are enjoying it, that's great. And I think the genuineness does come through at that point, you know, people definitely mm. will follow at that level because they're just like, oh, you're being genuine, you know, and I think even if you're I not always, the best person. It's I always wanted stories. to ask you, I always wanted to ask you this question and I think it's an <laughs> No, it's an my podcast. One. I asked him to go ahead. <laughs> like, no, if, no, no, no. <laughs> if, if tomorrow you, from starting from tomorrow, you, you would not be able to make money in the way you're making money right now, you know, being an artist. Yeah. How, how would you feel about that? Like, would you, would you be able to do anything else with your life? Yeah, I would, I'd be fine. Uh, I'd just do something else. I mean, I, I, I would be fine financially. I would just figure it out, but uh, I would be bummed because I'd still do art no matter what. I will always create 
as long as I have yeah. a hand and my eyesight and my brain going on, like I'll always create. So that'll never leave. But yeah, I'd probably, um, I'd just switch, I'd switch interests. I, I love music and then I also love cars. I would just go into one of those things, you know? So yeah. Um, you had to do shitty jobs before too, right? Like oh yeah. Some Tons, dude. Tons. McDonald's and some stuff. Subway. I worked at Subway and gas stations. I filled up people's cars. <laughs> like I worked uh, with all the immigrants doing, digging the ditches for the irrigations and stuff. Yeah. Just all that yeah all that good fun stuff yeah you did too so but what about yourself <clears throat> yeah, was, what would you do what would you do if you didn't if you, if you know if if, if, if to you? i would lose everything I, I think i would figure it out too i mean i can take a shitty job and do it like i i don't feel i don't feel like being a janitor or anything like that it's it's you know it's a bad thing it's a job i mean at the end of the day you have to you have to make a living and i did that i did that for first year in college um Prior to that, I think like when I was in high school, I would take like summer jobs and work in stores and be like a clerk or something, take like a really shitty positions. I actually was working in, in store for not a salary, but for a commission. So anytime I would sell something, I would get like a small cut. What were you selling? And usually like clothes and stuff, mm. but it was like at boutiques and stuff like that. Mm. And um, and I would make like really little, like just, you know, enough to buy some fucking, I don't know, some kebab or ice cream or something. <laughs> That's it. That's badass. I, it was not like I could save and, and you know, put it put it somewhere hmm. in savings or anything like that. But, you know, it was yeah. always a struggle. So yeah. I lived pretty, pretty. How did you break through that struggle? Because it's stuff. like there there's a moment where you go like, oh, I was doing it wrong and I need to switch that thing. And then you like you just turn the angle a little bit and you're like, oh, OK, uh, it's working. Uh, I mean, it was a little bit of luck and a little bit of my character um, I've always been interested in art and, you know, the moment you, if you're passionate about something and you figure out, okay, you can actually make a li living out of it. Mm -hmm. That's when you go like balls deep, you know? Um, I, I was, I like the point. I was genuinely, reference. it's great. <laughs> I was genuinely <laughs> go interested. Deep. I got really genuinely interested about digital art, mm -hmm. but that was not sort of with the goal of like, I want to be an artist and make money. It mm -hmm. was more like I, I fucking love doing it and I want to, I want to just keep doing it. Mm. And it, and you know, shortly after I realized you could actually make money doing this. And that's where I figured, you know what, if it happens that I'm going to make money, that's awesome. Yeah. But I still got that college that I need to finish. I was supposed to be electrician. You know, I would probably take like a store job or something like fucking, I don't know. Yeah. Usually, usually in Poland or pretty much in most places, you take, you know, you go to college, you, you get a degree and then you end up not working or taking like a shitty job that is available anyways. Yeah. It very rarely happens that you, you actually work in the degree that you made unless it's like, you know, some medical stuff or being a lawyer or anything like that for which you, by the way, you have to have money to even attend, you know? Yeah. So it's, <clears throat> it's still different, but yeah, I never, never thought about being an artist for money. Yeah. And that, and then I started making money from like, you know, small gigs. It was like fucking atrocious amounts. It was like making illustrations for $10. <laughs> I would work, I would work like two days on this illustration and make 10 bucks. And uh, I was happy, dude. Like, fuck, oh, hell yeah. <laughs> making more than the, the other job that I was taking. <laughs> but let's be real too. Your, your level of art and ability was nowhere near where it is now. So not to say that it wasn't good. It was just like, you weren't at that level where you could charge that much though. So, yeah, right. of course. And I was in Poland and I, I was nothing and, you know, <laughs> I was happy to make anything and I was 
working with people that were in Poland as well and we're trying to, to make something like, you know, small business owners usually. Yeah. But then, you know, eventually sort of grew to a point where I got actual serious offers. And the first sort of like a breakthrough was with the um, uh, uh, People Can Fly. So what is that this? was like a straw of a luck too. So People Can Fly, now it's actually Epic Games Poland. Mm-hmm. Um, those are the guys who made the game called Painkiller and uh, some expansion packs. And then they did Bulletstorm. It's a pretty, pretty popular studio in Poland. I don't know how they're doing now. Um, but I got there quite luckily by just knowing people from art forums. And I was just like genuinely befriending people from art forums that were, you know, fanatics of art <clears throat> as myself. Yeah. And they just knew who I am. And uh, I believe I was, so I got like this little gig, freelance gig that I was doing that I didn't, didn't even get paid for. It was like the only job that I never got paid for, um, from what I remember, at least. I did that illustration, or maybe I did get paid. I can't remember. If I did get paid, it was so little that it's, today it was like, I actually didn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, You're in a different scope but, now. But I did the illustration for those guys, and that illustration got attention of uh, the CEO of uh, People Can Fly. And he, it was, it was like a straw of a luck that a friend of mine or a guy that I, that I knew at that time was asking him something like coming into his office, asking him for like feedback or something like that. Yeah. And he, uh, and he saw my image cause I was sharing that image with that guy before. And he's like, Oh, I know that guy. I was like, you do. Can you give me his number? And that's how it started. Oh, that's um, and then the booty call. Yeah. Super lucky. Um, I'll, you know, I'm pretty sure I would make my break later on too. Sure. But eventually that was like the first moment where it started rolling and I got an offer. It was like, I got an offer and a day, like a couple of days later I was in, 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 you know, I was changing cities. That's awesome. <laughs> I, like I, I just went to my uni and it's like, bye. <laughs> it's yeah. just like fucking dropped out right away. Yeah. Cause like when you know, the you money, know, right. You're just like, yeah. Okay. Cause the money I was, I was supposed to make and I was making was way more than I would ever expect by taking like a regular job after uni. So Mm. like, oh yeah, okay, fuck that. Yeah. And I think that's a key too, is like, um, once you know, you just kind of know, and then you're like, okay, this is what I've been wanting to do. And now I finally had the chance to do it and have the opportunity to do it. I'm going to seize the moment, you know, and there's a lot of times you get those callings in life. And I think it's really important to listen to those and really respond properly to them so that you get, you get what you get those things, you know? But I think uh, how much of this was is manifestation? Like how much of this do you feel like is is a manifest, and how much of it is luck? What's the percentage you would say to make that? Break? <clears throat> I used to like my belief of luck and talent, manifestation, and all of those things have been changing over years mm-hmm. as the more experience I'm getting and the more I know about the world and about different people and looking at perspectives and sort of like getting a little, little bit of an understanding of how people act and behave based on, on their personalities, based on where they were brought up, like how your childhood influenced your decisions and all of that. Like just knowing how complicated everything is. Yeah. It's like, it's never a black and white answer. It's always like a big shade of gray from which everyone becomes a different person. Right. Yeah. So to me, it was, uh, I used to think it was talent, like you were just talented. Then I, I was thinking about maybe it's like the 10,000 hour rule. 
Mm. Um, because like, if you just say, say, say to someone that, oh, he's talented, it's kind of an insult, honestly, Yeah. because it's just like, it's just putting everything in sort of, in sort of this bucket of, you just got a good roll of a dice and then all of your, all of your hard work never even matter. And it's like, I don't think that's true <laughs> to, to a degree. Like there's to a certain degree, you can get the really good roll of a dice and you get genetically born from like two awesome, handsome human beings that are smart because <laughs> not everyone is equally born, you know, sure, of course, everyone yeah. is different. Everyone's genetic pool is completely different. Yeah. So you might have some sp- specific traits that, you know, you were born with that make you learn faster or, you know, maybe your, your physique is built for you to be a basketball player. If you ever make a decision to be a basketball player. Right. Uh, so there's, there's certain traits that you, you you inherit with your DNA that, you know, put you in a, in a better spot than the others. But then there's also a lieu of different things, including hard work. Like there's no way you can, there's very, very rarely it happens that you're going to get anywhere without working hard or yeah. struggling. Yeah. And for one person, someone might say like, oh, I, you know, I kind of coasted and got this good job. I was talking with Shadi Safadi, for instance, a good friend. Um, and he's like always talk. <laughs> and he's he used to always talk about like, you know, him, him being lucky, having great parents. That, yeah, he, he you know, had like a good he had a good um, upbringing, didn't he? Yeah, I mean, his parents paid for everything. His his art center degree, everything. But if you know Shadi well, I mean, he he kind of brushes it off. But I know him well enough to tell to say that he knows when to when he has to actually work hard and and put effort towards doing something. And if it's not if it's not a hard work, it's a smart work, you know. So mm. putting the right amount of effort to get the the results that he's after. Yeah. Um. Which is and. Good. Yeah, you have to have that. You have to do it. Otherwise, like it, it, it's not just like you're having a right genetics and so-called talent, and all of, all of a sudden, magically, you're gonna be this freaking, you know, protege of art or something like that. That's that's never gonna happen. There's just so many things that happening along the way, and variables. It's your it's your upbringing. It's who was, uh, you know, who was involved in your childhood. What have you seen and experienced when it was like, when you were like one or two year old, like all of those things that happen in your life, especially when you're young, just develop your character and your interest in, in such a profound way that, you know, there's, there's that there's, there's your, there's your demeanor and how you approach work and if you work hard or not. And if you at least, be, like if you have that kind of character trait that allows you to be passionate about something enough that you're not going to quit after a couple of failures. I think that's that's where uh, you, you get to see see people that become artists or become musicians, become, you know, uh, professional athletes. That's when it happens, because you have to have this uh, mindset that you're not going to quit after failing once or twice. Yeah, you're going to do something, you're going to fail but then you're going to get up and try to do it again. You're going to feel like shit for most of the time, <laughs> but then eventually you will, you'll get to a point where you, you start to see the improvement. I've noticed that over my career as well. I mean, I always feel like I'm in the plateau, like in, in a lot of moments where I feel like I'm in a plateau, like nothing is moving 
I've been doing something similar for a couple of years and nothing is moving. I'm not learning anything. And I feel like the whole world is moving on and I'm still stuck. Hmm. Um, and I had this conversation recently. That? I had this conversation recently with uh, caricature, caricature artist, Court Jones. Court Jones. Because you run your own uh, show works, called Art Cafe, so people know. So. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, uh, should should have mentioned that. Yeah. He's a guy who who's uh, who's an instructor. Uh, he works with this famous uh, YouTube creator Proko. He's like a really good. Uh, Is this uh, that he, John he, Jake Park Jake Paul video thing that you're talking about? No, no, no. He, he runs <laughs> uh, <laughs> he runs this channel. Uh, Stan Prokopenko, he runs this channel with like drawing tutorials and whatnot. Yeah. It's really good stuff, like really good stuff. So he works, he works with him hmm. doing tutorials for him. And I was talking to him and he, he mentioned that, you know, he actually uh, started the subject of pr uh, procrastination and, and feeling like you're in a plateau. Hmm. And he, he said something interesting along the lines of like, it feels like you're plateauing, but it's, it's like, you're, you're developing a skill in, or you, you, you fail, you have to like go through the threshold of enough failures to make another breakthrough. Mm. So it's not really like you're stuck in the place. It's more like you're filling a bucket of, of failures until it overflows and you can actually then grow from that. Mm. Um, I, you, you would have to listen to exactly, exactly how he framed it. But if I would say it in my own words, that that's how I would, you know, frame it. Mm. And, um, and I started to see it that way because like we tend to look uh, at our lives and progression in very small, small parts, right? So you, you only look at what you're doing now and what you did yesterday and maybe what you did a couple of days ago. And then you sometimes feel like the stuff you've done months ago feels like, damn, like I used to do awesome art back then. You know? Yeah. Yeah. But, but then you look at, look at that and you know, you can repeat it today you know, if you, if you would try to do, you, you would do it. You would, yeah. you would definitely do it. But then what you're doing today, you, you might yesterday or like months ago, it felt like impossible thing to do. I remember when I was starting 3d, uh, and doing like kid bashing with moto mm. and like actually doing renders with moto. And, um, moto I had baggins. this, yeah, moto baggins. <laughs> <laughs> Anytime we can get throw baggins in on it, we're good. That's the way. We and, do um, and I look at this image today and I feel, I see so many mistakes and so many, it feels like it's a great image, but then like on the closer inspection, it's like, what, I, what the fuck I was thinking here? <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's kind of looks looking shitty and I know I can do better today. You know, like yeah. I know that and I, I've, I've been doing that. Yeah. Uh, not, not publicly just yet. I mean for clients, but, um, but yeah, definitely. And it's, yeah. So to me, it's like when, cause you ask initially if it's a, if it's a little bit of luck or, you know, a little bit of roll of a dice, a chance, your talent, what, what, what is that? Yeah. I, I feel it seems to me that it all uh, boils down to your mindset and where you at and it, where do you think you're going mm. and how, how you think you're going about yourself. And how do you steer that though? Cause that's so abstract, right? How do you steer that, that boat? It's very, it's very abstract. But what mm. I'm, what I'm getting at is, is this, this no, notion of like, Oh, you got lucky and yeah, maybe you got lucky. And I think uh, luck is, is like an opportunity that happens every time. But if you're not ready for it, you're not going to see it. Yeah. So, the only 
you, when you have that lucky lucky break, like I had with that guy seeing, you know, seeing my work and like saying, I know that guy, you know? Yeah. Well, that thing would never happen if I wouldn't do that project or if I wouldn't paint that picture, sure. you know? Yeah. Um, so maybe it's lucky, maybe it's not. Maybe that moment, if that moment wouldn't happen, maybe there would be another moment that would happen and I would get my lucky break, you know? So, yeah. But it's, you call it lucky break, but you have to be prepared for it, you know? You, yeah. You have to see an opportunity and, and take it. And sometimes, especially when you're, when you progress with your career and you get better and better, you're going to find out that there is more opportunities that come your way than you have time for. Yeah, you're and, at that position now. Mm. And the luck comes from choosing the right ones, not choosing anything or finding anything, choosing the right ones, you know? Yeah. yeah. You're at that and stage saying now. saying no to everything. Which yeah. is interesting. I mean, um, you're at a, it is. You're but, at the pinnacle of your career, really, I would say. I think you are. Because you work directly with the director. You can work with most any director you want that works in this realm, and you could create anything you want basically mm, right maybe maybe not Come i mean on. it depends i mean it's not like you're gonna nail everything but at the same time you're like you're at a very high spot you know like i would say like um i mean in in terms of film yeah i mean i could probably do pretty much any project not not that i have an opportunity to do pretty much any project but if i had an opportunity to work with director a b or c I would be able to do it. I would not be in a position where my art is so bad that they feel like, why the fuck would it, we did hire that guy? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that's a bad place to be, you know, and there's, there's yeah. people like that, that get on that experience, you know, and we've probably been there before too. And you're just like, damn it. You know, you want to be better. Yeah. But where do you go? Like for somebody like yourself, like, you know, where do you go from here? Like, how do you, what what are you looking at? What's the future? I I know kind of some of it, but for somebody that's you know for the people that are listening out there, like what what's the future look like for you? Wait, we're work? supposed to talk about Showtime, by the way. <laughs> I will bring it back and well, yeah, I'll bring back the Lost in a Bro uh, time. Just breaking all the rules. <laughs> um, what do you do? What do you do? Well, one one of the things I started to realize is because I I always thought about you know when I was learning art, I always thought about how to be like this guy or how to be like that guy. Sure. Right. Yeah. Influence. And then, yeah. yeah, influence. And you get influenced by everyone at yeah. some point. And there's going to be a moment that you will realize that you're more influenced by your own ideas than anyone else's sort of like, uh, influences. Sure. Like for instance, one of the things I, I almost entire stopped doing entirely is to look at art. I, I very rarely look at art unless I want to go and just like, oh, I want to look at something cool because I, I want to look at pretty pictures and admire how art, other artists are doing. Hmm. But it's not for, for inspiration's sake. It's more for like entertainment. Let's put it this way. Hmm. Like I want to be entertained by looking at th things that are beautiful and maybe inspired to work harder, but not necessarily inspired for my next project or the next thing I want to do. Because sure. one of the things I've, I've noticed is that the more you look at art, the more you get influenced by it and, and it, it, your work turns to be that art yeah, uh, that true. you look at the most. And it kind of sucks, you know, and it, it can, it can get, uh, frustrating when you, when you're trying to do something with your own ideas and they turn out to be something too similar to something else, you know, unless you do it deliberate, deliberately like I do sometimes where I post images that are specifically done in one way or another, because I just want to, you know, challenge myself and see if I can, 
if I can try this new thing and, and succeed at it, you know? Yeah, study. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a study process, exactly. Yeah. Um, but when I work for clients and I, I get like very specific tasks to do, then I, I, I rely on what they are influenced with the most, not what I'm influenced with, but what they are influenced with. Mm. And if you work with the client for second or third project, you, you know their taste and you know what, what they dabble in the most. Yeah. And then you sort of like fall back to that because you know that you can do it successfully, you know? Mm. Um, but to that point, yeah, I started to think about what I want to do more than how can I be more like someone else. And one of the things that I've noticed is that everyone, like I've mentioned before, everyone is so different genetically and with the upbringing. It's like, you know, you have the amount of people on this earth is pretty much the amount of personalities that you have and different traits and everyone is different. You're going to have people that are similar to one another, yeah. um, but the, they're in certain uh, areas they're going to think differently. Um, so for instance, I look at, uh, guys like Vitaly, right? Our good friend, Vitaly Bulgarov, who almost became, uh, like a point of reference to most of conversations in terms of inspiration. Yeah. <laughs> he's a, such a prolific see. guy. Yeah. It's not um, just his work, but it's mostly, I guess also just like his ethic right. and his approach to being good and wanting to be the best. Yeah. Yeah. But he has certain traits that no matter how hard I go and I, I would try, I'm never going to have because I, I just don't have the character to do it. Uh, I don't have traits and interests uh, to do the same things yeah. or do the things the way he wants to do them. You know, yeah. like he is he niche. kind of yeah. exactly yeah. Well, not, not, a, not necessarily uh, the stuff he does, but also the way he approaches doing that stuff, you know? Yeah, that's what I mean. Um, and, and the kind of stuff he's doing for the most of the time. Yeah. Um, there are certain people that are very obsessed about doing one thing and one thing only, and they become such an expert in that field that you're just like, oh shit, you know, that guy is awesome. Yeah. And there are people that are more broad and want to do smaller things and try everything and see how far they can, they can take it and then sort of like grab opportunities and take, take those opportunities and build like a toolbox that they can use pretty much to expand the knowledge and, and do everything that they want to do. Or if, 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 for instance, if you imagine like, I want to draw it in this style, you're not going to be like stuck because you've never been drawing before, you yeah, know, yeah. you're going to know where to start and then you can pursue that for weeks or months and then get really good at it and then try something else that, you know, might be interesting for you. And you can see that in, in artists, you know, there's some artists that, can do a lot of things and there are some artists that can do only one thing and that's fine. It's just a matter of what kind of character you are, you know, and you just, you, I think the biggest mistake is to not recognize your traits and build this, build the, upon your own strengths, you know, yeah. um, and try to do something. Yeah. Be authentic, authentic. And what if being authentic is you, when you suck though, that's the thing. We say this stuff, we give a lot of this kind of <laughs> advice, but it's easy. I know. It's easy to give when you're at the level that you are, right? It's just like well, the yeah, one universal, just... one universal thing that when it comes to art that you it will never fail you is is learning uh, foundation. Yeah. If you if you know foundation, it, it's it's then it will be easier to take the right steps. Mm -hmm. um, because 
like right now we have internet, we have YouTube, we have, uh, you know, different sources to learn from. We have different schools and there's just so much shit you can choose from. Right. Yeah. When you, when you search for tutorials and, and, you know, uh, learning materials, you're going to find so much of it that you're going to be confused where to even start. Yeah. And that's, that's an issue because like, where the fuck do I start? Um, learn square, dude. But yeah, exactly. <laughs> we'll <laughs> talk about learn square in a bit here, but yeah, go on. Um, but universally, if you find, uh, if you look for a foundation, if you look how to draw perspective, right? If you look for good teachers, just research, like not just like, oh, I'm going to Google perspective in, on YouTube and just click the first video and, and that's my research. No, research. Yeah. You know, find really good artists and see if they teach perspective and they you will find someone who does. A good example would be Scott Robertson, for instance, right? Yeah. For perspective, you know, industrial design, that kind of stuff. Um, Andrew Loomis for uh, for anatomy, you know. Mm-hmm. Even even uh, I think Ron Lemon uh, does does a little bit of teaching too, where he does like really good portraits. Uh, but he, he, Loomis is by far like one of the best resources for anatomy, learning anatomy. Um, there's just so many artists that you can find that teach you the foundation. And the thing about foundation is that once you understand it, you can build on top of it, and it's going to be easier for you to to find um, the resource that is actually a quality resource, not some kind of bullshit that you, you might learn, but you might be actually misguided uh, about, you know? Because uh, it's so easy to find tutorials about drawing and, you know, modeling and whatnot, but, you know, uh, it's very easy to also be misguided. And you can see that uh, in the art community a lot, you know? Like when 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 you see artists that are doing, for, for instance, uh, photo bashing, you yeah. know? Yeah. The artists that are really good at it are the guys who know how to paint. Are they hiding too? They they're like you don't know if it's a photo or not. They painted before. Yeah. Like if you look at John Park, John Park does photo bashing a lot, especially in film. Yeah. Um but he's fucking amazing at painting too. Photo you know? bashing, yeah. He he knows foundation. Before I started do, using any photos, I would paint like he's an art center until, beast. Yeah. Yeah. Up until I think it was 2008, 2009, when I first started using photos in my in my images, like straight up photos in my images, mm. I would use I would look at references, but I would never or try to sort of like force myself not to use references in my images for first five six years of my career. Sure, and to build up your maybe, eye and development. Maybe I think it was also a stigma of that time where if if you would do that, people would look at you weirdly. <laughs> it's kind of weird how that happened too. It's almost like people it was weird. Like, yeah, people feel like you're cheating and and all that kind of stuff, which I find to be quite interesting. You really destroyed that whole thing for me because people would be like, "Yeah, you suck. You're cheating," and then um, you're just like slaying it. And you're like, "No, this isn't cheating. This is this like this is working smarter." <laughs> and I think it. Yeah, I think the you key though, your foundation. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Because even when I, I took mean, your classes and stuff, like I was really having to wave heavy on my design and my eye for seeing what it needs to be. But a lot of those, like the difference between you and me and, and you and a lot of people, I think is like your ability to see that just that you just a little bit further beyond. And that a lot of that comes right. from the foundation, I think that you so from for years instance, and years of building that foundation. So for instance, the easiest thing to do is to take a photo, right? And then just and do like take a Frodo. Some, 
take a Frodo, put some baggances on it, and then, <laughs> and then you have Lord of the Rings. You have um, Lord, now you take Lord a photo and then you just like edit it a little bit. You know, like there, there, there was like a moment uh, in time a couple of years ago where some like a lot of people would take a photo of like some military guys and then just do some little extra edits like you know change the shape of the helmet add some visor like change some some of the gun boom illustration that looks super photorealistic yeah right but now draw it from the back (laughs) right yeah that's not gonna happen because you don't have a photo photo of it (laughs) yeah exactly yeah and you're gonna be Um, lost and trapped in that that realm of being connected to it so so that's the easiest way to do and uh, you know, a lot of artists that work in film and, and in games do that because, you know, sometimes you just want to have results. Yeah, and, and it's a very demanding looks. industry too. Like it's not sure. easy. It's not, it's, you can't just like, yeah, okay, today I'm going to point paint everything from, from scratch. No, you're going to get obliterated and fired because they're going to be like, hey, where's this image? Yeah. Like, oh, I'm still working on it. Like not anymore, you know. <laughs> We needed but, like 20 of them yesterday, you know. Yeah, so, so let's, let's say you, you, you photobash something because you've, you found right references. And then you have to do the same image, but from different side. Mm-hmm. Um, but the requirement is that the design remains the same. That's going to be an impossible task unless you know foundation, unless you know how to use perspective, unless you know how to post the character and you know you know anatomy good enough to make the character look good. Uh, unless you know the lighting, how lighting behaves, and how to change lighting on the on the photos and actually how to choose the right photos so that they're going to have consistent lighting. Because yeah. it's one thing to take like a bunch of photos and stitch them together and make things look like shit. And it's the other thing is to research your photos that you're going to stitch together and make things look looks good. Yeah. You know? Because um, you, you have to look at the perspective. You have to look at the uh, what kind of camera type was used and lens and... You know, what, what is the lighting? Where's the lighting coming from in your image? You have to make actually a, a decision. Where is the lighting coming from in your image? Mm. And then build your library of, of textures that you're going to use for that image based on those pre-requirements. And if you cannot find a photo, you have to actually paint it. Yeah. Um, so that's where, where foundation comes in. And if you don't have foundation, you don't know those things. You don't know how lighting behaves. You don't know what the global illumination is and how bounce light works. Mm. If you don't, if you don't know anything about anatomy, you don't know how muscles work. You don't know, you know, how long your limbs are supposed to be, how big the head is supposed to be, you know, what what, what makes for a regular human head and what makes for a hero superhero head, you know, yeah. uh, or superhero proportions. So like what kind of muscle volume makes sense and what kind of muscle volumes makes absolutely no fucking sense. You know, yeah. uh, you don't have to be an expert in it, but if you, if you, if you study it for long enough and you do, you know, enough research, you, you will understand. And then once you understand, uh, uh you, you start paying attention to it and that's yeah. where your taste starts to grow. Like that's where, you you can start learning and sort of like discard the noise that you have out there and find those gems that will actually progress you as an artist because there's a lot of stuff there's you today if you want to and if you're if you are smart you will be able to learn for free and become Mm. an amazing artist without buying anything apart Mm. from maybe you know subscription to photoshop or you know having hardware to actually work on something yeah, but even even just drawing, like drawing on paper, you can become a successful freaking Instagram artist and build your career over there. If you're if you're like fucking badass in inks or 
pencils, you know, uh, you can definitely do that. But in order to do that, you, you have to learn foundation and you have to learn it from the right sources. And it's just like a step-by-step process. It's, it's, you know how it is. You, you look at an image and, and you're like baffled, like how the fuck it's even done. And then mm. you start breaking it down into small pieces and then you, yeah. and then the magic sort of like disappears and you look at those amazing artists that you used to admire and it's like, yeah, like, looks cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was going to say that's probably the next thing is like, how do you keep excited, keep, uh, keep from being jaded and once you remove the magic you know as you start to learn something it's almost like the thing that you've loved and and were so fascinated by it's almost as if a magician you know like your whole life is like i want to be a magician then then you find out like all the hacks behind it you're like oh wow like it removes that fantasy how do you deal with that how do you deal with like you know overcoming there's always something there i think i mean there's always someone who comes to the forefront and you know blows your mind. Uh, that's, that's always happening. Um, sometimes it happened very often and sometimes you have to wait a couple of months or even a year to see something that you're going to be absolutely blown away with. You know, Mm. there's also a quality that uh, I think a lot of people tend to forget is that the moment you're going to see something true, like you see how the magic trick is done and you understand the magic trick, like you understand how the things are put together, that doesn't mean you can do it yourself, you know? Yeah. It just means you're, you're now jaded and you understand how it's done. But there's a still uh, the specific amount of work, practice, and, and dedication that has to come into it for you to, you know, fully admire the, the complexity and then, um, you know, the dedication that, that takes, takes you from point a to point b to 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 that point x which means you know you're the boss you know yeah like when i look at i i, I had that moment of obsession about you know character design and th- that's one of like my one of the things i started to understand about myself that i i like to go zero to hundred <laughs> about specific topic mm-hmm. everything and in life only, but take it to a point where i feel like i've learned enough that i can use for the things that I like to do the most, you know, Mm. um, so I can take it as a tool and then use it for everything else that I do. It's not like I'm going to completely change my career and now become a 3d character artist kind of, kind of route. It's like, I gonna, I gonna learn enough so I can do, you know, decent work, decent enough and then incorporate it step by step to my workflow. And then maybe eventually, you know, I'll, I'll be at that point where, where it's going to look as good as, I don't know, fucking Dan Rorty or, uh, Raph Grissetti's work, you know, um, yeah. I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure it's going to be years from now if, if, if at all, but I know how though. it's now I know how it's done. But one of the, one of the things I've noticed, cause I tried it, it takes a lot of fucking work yeah, to like- actually get there. Cause it seems like technically easy until you make a mistake and you don't know how to fix it. Yeah. And you have to, the way you learn those technical aspects or the way you learn art in general is to make a lot of mistakes and then learn how to overcome them step by step. And that takes time and practice um, and the time that you have to have for it, you know? Yeah. And if you want to become like Raf Grossetti, it's years. It's fucking years of work. Decade, yeah. Decade is solid just working at it. How do you approach your time with these things? Like, how do you deal with how much time these things take and, and where do you put your time and, and deal with all that? How do you, you know, cut up your day the basically amu- to have the those? amount of time? Yeah. The amount of time that it takes me to get 
from point A to point B learning something is the, the amount of dedication that I have for it and, and interest. Mm. The moment I lose interest in something, <laughs> I, 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 I feel like it's maybe like 10, 15% more mm. that I'm going to push. Not every time, but there's going to be times where I like, I got to push it and see how far I can go, even though I fucking already hate it. Yeah. Um, because sometimes I just, you know, I just feel like you have to struggle. You have to, yeah. <laughs> well, you have to do it. You have to, you owe it to yourself to go that far because... Um, you, yeah, you know, that's where the good stuff is. It's, that's where the stuff like, you know, the good stuff lies and stuff. You need that. You need yeah, to have, I have those, that, those moments of suffering and, and pain. Um, to I had that with stuff. like hair, hair stuff for characters, right? Mm. So I was looking at the hair and just getting super frustrated by technicalities. But the, the amount of frustration and, and errors and mistakes that I've like endured <laughs> yeah. made me understand like, the the complexity of it and how much time it takes and it may what it does to me is it makes me informed about a specific technique and if if it's even a viable technique for me to use because like you know you, when you work on different projects you quickly learn that there's different ways you can approach a specific project when you work with clients, right? Yeah. Like a couple of years ago, I would, I would only approach it in one way. Like today I'm going to try to approach different projects based on the requirements and I can approach the same thing in three different, four different ways with the same results at the end. Yeah. Um, but one way might take a lot of time while the other is going to be faster but maybe that, that that one way that takes a lot of time might actually be more successful because the result's going to be much better mm. and it's going to be less of a search and more of a you know design process to actually get something that is really good yeah. you know well i see you now too like you're definitely focusing on 3d a lot more than photo bashing like your art has evolved to the sense where like you're not just looking for references now you're like literally creating the references and i think that's really the evolution right it's not about necessarily just finding references of images to put together because the one thing i will be i always think is very interesting about the photo bashing idea is that you can create new imagery but the idea is that you're basing it off already taking photographs and so it's never going to be authentically completely you and i think when you can understand how to build worlds and scenes and 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 shots and, and props and design all that stuff all completely contained in a, in a 3d world, uh, of your own. That's really when you're stepping things up and really getting to that next realm, which I think is really yeah. important, you know, so none of, none of the ghost in the shell stuff would look like it looks if I wouldn't build it. Yeah. Yeah. You built a ton of that. Yeah. That was a big job yeah. for you. That was a, yeah, a huge job for you. And you took on a, a big responsibility with one of the longest too. projects too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it shows because you have just tons of work. Um, so if you're, if you're listening to this, you're not familiar with the amount of work that, um, which they put together, it's a uh, go to K U C I A R A Kuchara.com, um, slash was that a number sign, I guess? <laughs> yes, just go to his website. You'll see Ghost in a Shell. But yeah, if you want to be impressed by a body of work that's this intense, uh, yeah, go there. <laughs> just go there and... Slash and, uh, Gits. Yeah, G-I-T-S. slash Gits. G-I-T-S, yeah. But just go to his website, uh, K-U-C-I-A-R-A, or um, you can look in the show notes as well. But yeah, go there and just look at the the, the plethora all the way from the geisha designs to... Um, 
the major's like suit and her camo and her weapons and all these things that the, the the bikes and the yeah not all not all of it is 3d i mean there's there's a bunch of 3d stuff that you, you can blend. clearly you see blend it together which is really nice too which i think is really important you'll you'll yeah. do like um you know a little bit of uh 3d and then a little bit of photo bashing and you combine them i think that's it's a perfect transition for you now because you're in the mix between the two of those things, you know, but some of those, like you just would make a quick render. The cool thing about 3d is you showed me too, is in the power of it. And I, you know, I've been really feeling it lately because I'm like, Oh, now I can just create <laughs> you, you surpassed what I ever imagined you could, you, you would be possible to do. You know? well, thanks dude. You've I'm been just like started, blasting, yeah. been blasting me some fucking fractals recently like what uh, the fuck dude yeah. <laughs> dude i have only some showed craziness. you like a percentage it's funny because after knowing you and working with you and seeing how prolific you are it really turned my game up and you know how intense i get so it's like i feel a little <laughs> no no definitely we're all we're, we're all learning it and we all have different passions you know like we have different trajectories and stuff i think which sure. is kind of different like my trajectory is completely different from yours in different ways i think we have similar like common things like we want to develop our own ips and stuff but yeah when it comes to work yeah like recently it's now instead of submitting like three or four images a day it's like 60 <laughs> yeah you know and, and like after two weeks of work i did the i did the number count and i was like wow i've made 250 images after and it wasn't even a full two weeks too which is like all right stepping craziness up yeah <laughs> i mean but quality i was say that quality isn't isn't um, quantity isn't quality you know so if, if, if i make a bunch of crap images and they don't work then it's just like well it's not doing yeah. its job you know i can make one great image or all those it's just a matter of like you know what makes the most sense and, and how i like the, the way you approach like. it though like there's you, you can definitely find the strengths and weaknesses of the project and that's that's the thing i was actually referring to when i was talking about like how far you go with learning new things is you learn enough to know the strengths and then when you know the strengths you use it for your project you know yeah, yeah. and you you know how to find the strengths and weaknesses of a project to actually create ideas and do a lot of them in yeah. a very short amount of time and on a very very high quality and that's something you you i can guarantee knowing you you would not be able to do a year ago no not even not even close yeah definitely a big part of it's been just p being changed by um, working with you and uh, you know being exposed to that level and then also <laughs> and learn square too and i want to talk a little bit about that because um i've had interviews and people have talked to me about it but how did learn squared come about for you like where where did how did learn squared originate for you and how did it come to be in your life uh it's the key and peel terry's <laughs> <laughs> he's we're talking about preparing for terry's as a comedian uh, skit it's brilliant if you haven't watched it call it's called preparing that's where for it all terry's. started yeah that's where it all started drax and them sclounced so. <laughs> But um, yeah, yep. how, did, how, how did Learn Squared um, evolve? And you're the one that named Learn Squared too. So um, just talk a little bit about that and where that all kind of came from. Did I? I? I think I started sort of like it was the you. squared, you know, the squared you, idea. It was you. You're the one that named it, it from I remember. Yeah. I think I, I wanted no. I think we. I think it was you or no. It might have been Andrew or or AJ. I can't remember who actually did the final call. I I, I was talking about like design squared or concept squared and they're like oh we're not gonna do concept art only <laughs> <laughs> oh, that God. kind of talk yeah and so one of you guys was like let's mm. what about learn square and like 
uh, I don't know. Like, just, just think about some de- different ideas, and like we couldn't find anything better. It's like, all right, <laughs> that works. <laughs> yeah, and I think it still works well. And it, and yeah, it works pretty well. Some people are like they they mistake it and they call it Learn Squad, which I think is kind of funny too. But <laughs> it's funny. I'm pretty sure you named it. I, that's what I remember, but I could be completely Maybe wrong. Maybe it was. But, I can't, dude. I can't remember. We had yeah. so so many of those fucking one a.m. calls uh, <laughs> conversations. We mean one a.m. That's early. It was like four a.m. calls. <laughs> oh shit! Those yeah. were those were happening too yeah. yeah i mean we're having since we started we're we're pretty much having a call every day yeah about the school yeah, yeah. we're really I mean, dedicated it's, it's, to it it's an important thing to us yeah you need to have it and i mean we're we're not in the same offices either so it's like yeah. and completely online operation so yeah it's yeah it's tough it does get tough because yeah you know there's a lot of disconnect and it's a modern we're in a modern business it's all run online it's all online all the information's online all our student base is online um we don't yeah we meet up once a couple months you know to hang out and that is the best. we eat pokeballs which was delicious by the way um but yeah how did it come into your life like um what was kind of the the first approach for you and, and where did it kind of you know the or the origin story basically from your perspective because i'm curious myself because i know so it, yeah. so Wow, well, where it all started. I mean, there are many different things that happened before and happened along the way that made this thing, you know, the whole Orange Square experience to fruition. Yeah. Um, it all started from. I mean, there were there were we we had gum roads. Uh, back you, then, you were doing gum roads. Can you explain to people that, that might prior, not know what gum roads are? Yeah, I was actually it's a really Gumroads weird were, name for what it is. Yeah, Gumroad started way before. And it's kind of funny because they the, the company sort of like made the name for the short tutorials. Everyone who thinks about short tutorials, they talk Gumroads. Hmm. <laughs> can you do a Gumroad? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Even though you're, you're not going to post it on Gumroad, like everyone's like, can you do Gumroad? <laughs> yeah, he posts on YouTube like, this is a great Gumroad. <laughs> so there's a lot of a lot of artists, musicians that used and like writers and blogs that used Gumroad. It's a service mm-hmm. that you can like deliver digital or uh, uh, actual goods, you know, physical goods. Yeah. Uh, and it's a very straightforward, simple service that is like a e-commerce. That's why it's successful. Made, 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 made simple. Yeah. And you just use it and, you know, people can use it. You get like, I think it only costs you like 4% of uh of the profits yeah. to to have it all handled for you great. uh apart from shipping if you're selling you know physical goods obviously you have to ship it yourself or use like fulfillment services yeah. but like for digital goods it's awesome because um you just set up a store and you upload stuff and you sell it you know it's yeah. as simple as that if it's music you just made you make it you make like a paywall or you can make it free if you want to and whoever pays for it they can listen it from the service or download, you know, that kind of stuff. So it's, it's a very well-crafted service for small, like for your own sort of e-commerce. Yeah. It's big. It's a, um, it was a huge thing. I mean, it still kind of is, but it it's became like, really huge. Yeah. And it's great possible. I, I should give all artists, credits yeah. to, we should give, give all credits to AJ. Cause yeah, he was Anthony the, Jones, one yeah. of the, yeah. The first guy who actually, uh, started doing tutorials that way. Yeah. From, yeah. from what I know, I mean, 
But there are other artists that were using it before him. Probably, well, then, but awesome. I mean, yeah. But I well, haven't heard about them at all. I, I not at least not in the industry that we're in. Um, Who cares about them, anyways? Yeah, I'm just, I'm who just cares kidding. about all the other big industries out there? Yeah, <laughs> we don't. But <laughs> but AJ was the first guy, and then like it, there was a moment where more people started doing it, and I started doing it. And then everyone started doing it. And it's kind of, sort of like died off a little bit. Yeah. People are still doing it. It's it's still up there. You can still, you know, you can still find artists doing pretty good stuff. But it's like it it's slowly the more it got saturated, yeah. uh, it just became like pretty much what, what YouTube is, right? For yeah, for content. Much. Yeah. You're gonna have some really gold really good stuff and you're gonna have a lot of crap. Yeah. Um and I'm not trying to knock off on, on people and not not even say that my my stuff that I was posting there was was that awesome either. I, I hope it was because it was I, from the feedback I was getting, you know, I think it, it, it went pretty well. That bank account so far. bumping up. <laughs> the bank account doesn't lie, people. But <laughs> so so that was sort of like the start uh, for like digital education or like online education because i my first teaching experience was with uh cda when i did workshop and then shortly after i, I did um CDA a class concept what is concept, de- concept design academy in okay. pasadena all right yeah well, run by out. kevin chen kevin chen is by the way a- 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 amazing awesome figure artist like he he's figure drawings and he's figure drawing lessons are fucking off the chains dude um little shout out one of the best one of the best if if you're if you're like in la area and you want to learn anatomy stuff from the pros go to cda i would like without a heartbeat i I would recommend that um so i did some some uh i did a class for a friend of mine steve jung who actually helped me to get in the film industry as well uh super awesome guy he's now a art director uh, over at Universal, hmm. um, Universal Studios uh, for film. Uh, so I did a class with him. So that was like my first actual teaching experience. And then I started doing Gumroads. Um, AJ convinced me to do Gumroads. So I started doing that. Um, and I think, I, like, you know, I, I was doing that for a couple of months, like, you know, pretty regularly and then it's sort of like i sort of like started running out of ideas hmm. like because the last thing you want to do as an artist uh, is as a teacher is to sort of like rehash the same thing over and over and just put the different la- uh, label on it because that sucks like that's just like i, I feel like it's cheating out uh, students and people who are trusting you they're paying money and trusting you with your with their money to learn something. And, you know, Gumroad's, the idea was that it's cheap. You know, you can buy for, for a couple of bucks, you know, five bucks, 10 bucks, you can buy like this one hour video and learn something from it, you know? Yeah. Um, so it was like, you know, buying bite pieces instead of like the whole DVD, for instance, right? Yeah. Um, but then like I started to realize that, you know, it, it, unless you're smarter about it, it doesn't have a longevity as as a career at all you know yeah it's like a little blip. Uh, it doesn't it doesn't re- replace the career i mean it does for some they're probably smarter than me but i wasn't <laughs> smart enough to figure it out so <laughs> i was thinking about you know what what i could personally do to sort of like make this part of my life 
Um, and one of the reasons I, I, I wanted to make this part of my life is because I started to like teaching the, the idea of teaching and sort of like learning new things and sharing the knowledge and sharing in general. This was actually around the same time where I started my podcast as well, Art Cafe. Um, because I, I just enjoy, I started like really enjoy sharing, whether it's sharing, uh, you know, material, tutorial, material, lessons, all of that stuff, or just sharing, you know, my thoughts and ideas and things that I've learned and my opinions pretty much. And, or just bringing opinions of others closer to, uh, to people, to artists, you know, the mm. whole idea behind art cafe is just, you know, I have enough connections and enough friends in the industry that I can keep inviting them and let people hear what they have to say. Yeah. You know, and then sort of like build an audience of, of, you know, fans and people and just get them closer and closer to what, what, uh, you know, my view of the art industry in general, you know, sure. or, or, or art and, you know, art really art related stuff in general. Um, but I, the, one of the reasons that I, I felt, you know, apart from liking what I, that I was doing that and I still like doing it, um, is realizing also how fast the industry is changing. Um, you know, the art industry is changing and you know, how quickly jobs come and go and how quickly industries show up and disappear. Mm. Um, that I wanted to have something that I know I could possibly do if things go wrong. Like if, if for whatever reason I cannot make, make it a living in, in making video games. Like, you know, you don't want to put all of your eggs in one basket. Like yeah, that's, that's, yeah. That, that's, that was the moment I started to realize like, you don't want to be in that spot because I started to like get familiar with a lot of people that went through a lot in the industry, especially in film and seeing how careers die in film. If you're yeah. not on top of your game in film, you're, even though you're protected by union, you're gone, you know? Like, yeah. you, you, like the film industry, you're hot and then you're gone. <laughs> yeah. It's a very, uh, fickle, fickle thing. It's very hit or miss too. And, it's, and I, it's hard to have that longevity in it too. Yeah. And I saw a lot of bitterness, uh, especially hearing stories about the old artists, you know, mm -hmm. I, I saw a lot of artists that are hustling a lot for nothing. I saw a lot of artists that were lucky enough to start in the right spot, you know, start at the right time in the industry and sort of like make enough connections and everything to still, still, still stay relevant mm. by just hustling, but you know, hustling enough, but not, not overworking themselves. Sure. Um, but unless you're in, in their shoes where you started like 20, 15 years ago, it's, it's a little different, you know, like if yeah. you're starting today, there is just so much harder. There's a lot to of get stuff anywhere. going on. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff going on. You got to really be prepared for it. And, but at the same time, there's a lot of people that are interested in things. And I think there's a lot of movies and films and there's a lot of yeah. need, need. There's a lot of need for talent right. and design and stuff but too. So yeah. The way you become a good artist in the industry where you actually get offers mm -hmm. is by completing films and making and completing films that are successful, that make money in the box office. That's, that's the reality of it. Like you have to make, a, you, in order to be secure, like one of the aspects of being secure as an artist in the film industry is making a film that sells. Yeah. Cause if that you helps. make films, if you make a couple of films that suck, 
You know, you, you might have a good connections with the uh, directors that did those movies, but those directors might not get like a better film next film to work on. You know, if you're going to work yeah. on three films, like if you're going to work on a, with a good director and his film sucks, his next film is not going to be that big because that's yeah. how it works in this industry. And the same, same goes to production designers, you know? Yeah. Um, it's, it's weird. There's some it's directors that weird. continually make movies though. I'm like, how, who's funding these things? Like, how is this working? Maybe because those movies are making a lot of money, you know, yeah, it's true. maybe it's not true. great movies, but yeah. they make a lot of money. Like Adam Sandler is a great example. Like you might hmm. hate his movies. Yeah. I've heard he's actually a pretty cool guy to, to, to talk with and pretty mm. down to earth. Yeah. He's, he's not making the most exciting movies ever, but every fucking movie sells every yeah. single one, no matter That's how true. hard he tries. He, he doesn't even have to try. Yeah. He just makes a movie where he just well, farts. I'm sure he tries, yeah. I mean, making a movie is very <laughs> difficult. Sure, yeah. But yeah, it I is get you. But he's like, yeah, he's not, and then, maybe not bleeding as much or something. And then, you know, when I was starting uh, in the film, the movies were still done in LA. Like mm. now they are everywhere. Mm. And most of the artists that I know, especially the younger ones and, and you know, uh, pretty much most of them have to have to travel. Like you have to travel to Atlanta, you have to travel to fucking New Orleans, you have to travel to all of those places, you know, North Carolina, whatever the incentives are, that's where you have to travel. And that is insane if you have a family. Yeah. That is fucking insane. Yeah. Because for most of the year, you're not going to be home. Yeah. And that's taxing. Yeah. And you're going to be everywhere around the place. Your family has to stay there. And you're going to like live in a hotel. It's, it's not fun, dude. It's not fun. There are artists that can swing it. They, they don't have to travel. I mean, it's kind of it's kind of easier now. Because, we don't travel. Yeah, I don't. Because we I, make I, that you, choice. You so we, we just tell people what's up. and Right. Yeah. But I'm, th- I'm talking mostly about union union artists. You're, you, um, you're not in union, right? I'm no. talking about union artists. And never, yeah, that never or, interests me, honestly. I never thought of it as being anything of benefit. I don't know why anybody would do it personally. I get it. But like it creates complacency, I would think more than anything, and that's scary to me. So I'm like, that's it's, not. It's more of um, it's more. Yeah, I mean, it depends how you approach it, right? Sure. I mean, the union, the union is sort of like this ticket that allows you to work in films. It's changing. It's now a little easier to work in films without being a union member. I mean, there's ways that producers figure it out uh, to a point where they hire you as a you know. A, consultants or something like that yeah that's how it does for me i have to have the director the director has to work out you know extra business for it but that's how you got to be you got to be so good and so unique that they just have to they will jump through those holes because they know that you got the special they're not gonna bend bend over and backwards for an average artist they're not gonna do it and forget about having and forget about getting um credit film credit you know, that's, you're in a, you're in a very unique position because you're, you, if you create your own niche that, you know, that is fulfilling. But what I was what, what, sort of like coming back to the subject. No, no, no. Let's just keep talking about me now. <laughs> now go ahead. <laughs> so self-centered. <laughs> just me, me, me. Just me, 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 me. Every word that comes <laughs> out of my mouth is me, 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 me. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, right, go on, go on, continue, continue. Um, we're going to wrap this baby up in 15 minutes, by the way. And no, I have a couple more no, things. No, no, no. we're going to talk for the next two hours. <laughs> no, Fuck. This is, I'm not, I'm, I'm removing those long uh, podcasts because people, not uh, only people get pussy. tired of it, but at the same time, I, it's just like, you're a pussy. That's, that's, m- that's mostly the, the problem. 
it's it's a pussy yeah. part. So just your dick just suddenly fell off. It did fell off into a <laughs> jar of acid. Yeah, and, and then it turned into um, a fart. But no, I mean, so, so yeah, all right, I'll speed it up. Okay, Hurry fucking up. fine. Sheesh. Fucking fine. Wrap it up, dude. Yeah, I mean, I wanted to sort of like div- diversify. We'll talk about that, we'll talk about Showtime. <laughs> have that possibility to diversify. Sure. The income because you don't want to put your everything in one basket. Like if you have an op- opportunity to find income in different places, do it. Yeah. Like don't don't think you're just always gonna have that freelance job because sometimes guess guess what? Sometimes you're not getting offers. Yeah. You might you might have a, a time where you're getting ten offers. You're not gonna take all of them because there's no way you're gonna have all of that time in the world. Especially you know I, I'm talking about like the higher level of when you're you you've made you know you've made enough progress in your life and career that you're getting those offers, right? Sure. So if you're at that point, you're going to have offers and then it's going to be fucking dry season. You know, it, it depends. Depends where you are with your art, how good you are, how popular you are. There's so so many different aspects that come to it. So it's it's good to di- diversify. So when when it happens that you're not getting offers, you can do do this do uh, this other thing and still pay for the lights to have the lights on or pay for your you know Pokeball. Just basically for the living, you and know, uh, and it becomes more and more important when you have family, you yeah. know. So if you're if you're you know a kid alone, you don't have any family, n- no no wife, no girlfriend, or no husband, whatever. Party time! Yeah, it's dude, it doesn't matter. Like it, it, just party fucking hard. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, make make smart choices, but it's it's easier to no, sort of like commit to like, oh, I'm gonna travel, do this, do that, right? Yeah. Once you have family. Uh, yeah, I, you gotta work. <laughs> yeah. Um, if you're good. And yeah, I, you know, I and I, I remember taking uh, Grant Warwick's um, uh, course for V-Ray, from which I learned a lot. And it was like a lot of those different things that it's inspired mastering me. Mastering CGI for anybody that's yeah, curious. Exactly. And uh, you know, I, I was I was thinking like, what if I started to do something where it's it, there's more longevity to to the content than just uh gumroad you know mm. that has a little bit of, a little bit of a better quality to it so it's not like this 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 short quick you know snap snappy thing that happens and then you you you've done it and you move you move on something that that lives longer um and the more i looked at it the more i realized it has to be some kind of course like some kind of course material that is drafted towards progression and taking one thing and taking taking things step by step and that's what i started talking to aj that's what i started talking to you um and it was just like this uh, fucking I, how many phone calls we had about what the learn score is going to be so before endless, we decided yeah. yeah endless i think we've talked we've talked for like six months straight yeah like having phone calls every single day figuring out what we're gonna do how we're gonna make a website where are we gonna like there was so many conversations. How are we gonna start it? Yeah. And I think not till the very end, the very moment where we are like super close to okay, it start. It's this time to start recording and announcing we're on blah blah blah. That that we actually came up with you know what the learn squared is <laughs> today. Yeah. You know it's just constantly changing, obviously, but um, the idea of having apprentices and. You know the, the 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 whole system, how it works, and what is LearnSquared to you? The website. Though? What is that? What is it to you? Um, 
Like when somebody it's, asks you to explain it, a complete stranger. It's an, evol- it's an evolving experience. I think one of the, one of the things I've I've learned about running a business, it's it's it is a business, right? Uh, and I have to treat it, it that way. It is, of course. And I'm joking. I have to treat it that way because the more you time you, the more time you spend with it, the more you realize that there's so many different layers yeah. that you have to be absolutely serious about in order to make it work. You know, when we were coming into this whole thing, we're so oblivious about <laughs> everything and we're so lucky. It's we're so lucky. To have it's Andrew. good to be oblivious. So it is good to be oblivious. Yeah. And yeah. we're good. We're lucky to have all three of us, you know, and like the, the yeah. partnership, I think we all bring a different dynamic to, but like when, so if somebody asks you and to, to summarize it, you meet somebody, a stranger at a party and they ask you and you sell them, well, you know, it's a cool thing. And they're like, Oh, what's that? You know, what, how do you summarize it? And, uh, two sentences how, how do you summarize it and what is it so people understand a, it uh if 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 depends like if someone asked me like what is learn too square, long I would say try it again do it again if, <laughs> if someone asked me if what is learn squared and just wanted to know like a brief summer summary of what it is i would say it's it's a fucking badass online art education platform that you can learn from the best and that's it yeah like you're going to learn from the absolute best in the industry and it's genuine and we, we teach from the experiences. But if someone asked me a personal question, what does what Learn Squared to you specifically, sure. I would say it's a ongoing experience that I would probably want to go, want to have it going longer, longer than I, than I think it's going to be going, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I think it's going to be going long, 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 honestly. Uh, cause there's, it's an everyday learning. You, every day you learn something new that you didn't know about that is not even art related mm-hmm. and you learn and, and it becomes a fascination to me specifically. You know, we are obviously all different we have those ideas about how to progress with the school and where, where to move it on. But to me, it's like I realize how hard and, and important some aspects of running business are and how, how important they are for the business to actually be successful. Because if we, if we want our students to succeed, the business has to be successful too, right? I mean, it, it goes hand to hand. Like, it's not just creating amazing content. It's it's also the the delivery of it, and how it affects people, and how how we can build upon that. Because what works today, believe it or not, might not work tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, of course. Well, that's just natural, in, though, right? Right. But the industry is ever changing, and you want to evolve and move on and learn with the industry, right? Yeah. And if you're not looking at uh, if you're not looking at the business perspective, just the art perspective, that's where the things go wrong, hmm. and you, you're making assumptions that are horrific for the company. Sure, <laughs> dude. How many mistakes we made that made hmm. absolutely zero sense business wise, and were fucking us in the ass because <laughs> we we felt like we like want to do words. the right the use of words, right so artist thing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I hope somebody is listening to this with their parents right now. That'd be great. Um, yeah, I mean, e for of explicit. course, that's, that's just natural, though. I think it's natural to go through those things. And I think, um, I think, it, I mean, just to just yeah. to bring it closer to the audience, like 
you, you think about running a school, right? You're running a business. You have to think about getting an accountant. You have to think about getting a lawyer. You ha- and those those two already cost a lot of money. You have to think about uh, having a service that uh, allows you to host your files. And depending, like if it's a if it's a an educational platform, we have how many fucking thousands of hours of content we have already. It's crazy amounts, yeah. It's crazy. It's it, the dealing amount with, of dealing with piracy. Yeah, there's another one. Yeah, the piracy. Yeah, or um, how do you host those videos? How you prevent piracy? Yeah. Um, how how are you gonna make sure that if people pay you for the content that you're you're hosting, uh, it's secure for their credit cards? And it's not stored on your on your website at all. You know, that kind of stuff. There's, you know, uh, the protocols for SSL, right? Which is the HTTPS, right? Yeah. Uh, protocol that does the same. What does it stand protocol. for to HTTPS? I can't remember. Yeah. But the SSL is basically the encryption for the site so that you can, when you enter it, y- your information is encry- encrypted. So you cannot be spied on yeah. or someone cannot like run a, uh, you know, phishing or something like that where they get your credit card info and all all of that stuff yeah that has to be like airtight and you have to pay services that cost a lot like it all costs money and it all paramounts to this number and then you look at it like why do we even why do i even start a business (laughs) yeah bottom line we 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 love it that's the only reason why we do because if we didn't then uh there'd be no point (laughs) but here's here's the thing that it's really important is that if for whatever reason you know, the world reset and the learn squared stops existing. Uh, and then I have to figure out a new business. I got to have so much, you know, headway time today. <laughs> Do you have time in your hand? <laughs> time too. <laughs> being unemployed. Um, Party time. It, it helps your, it, it helps your, uh, you know, professional career as well as a, as a freelance artist. If you want to be a freelance artist, knowing business, business side helps tremendously. Yeah. Um, to make sure that you're secured. Uh, but even just from a perspective of like knowing whether you want to run a business or not, you know, that's, that's another, another part. Not everyone is built for running a business. Some, and and it's just like, you have to go through an experience of having a business to, to understand that. But things like, you know, having a lawyer and how important it is to have a lawyer in this fucking country, you know, (laughs) Yeah. Cuz how easily you can get sued for bullshit. And you have to be protected that with that, you know, having an accountant that will do the taxes properly and make sure that all the paperwork is in compliance with how the business is supposed to be run because the last thing you want to do is fuck with the government, you know, <laughs> and the taxes. <laughs> yeah, death and taxes, yeah. You know, you can get away with a lot of things but not with taxes. Like even the richest the, the, the richest yeah. get fucked get get really fucked when they mess up with taxes so yeah so all of those things are not really art related but they They're become related to showtime in some way people i just want to make sure i know but they they're it's, it's an ever-growing experience and i think one of the best thing that i've learned from it personally was you know knowing how to work with people and and knowing how Oftentimes you think your decision is the shit and this new idea that you came up, you came up with is the best thing that ever happened and then it's being just taken apart by your partners and then you're like, okay, I'm, st- I'm stupid. <laughs> oh yeah, no, it's very humbling. Yeah, I think it, yeah, there's no way humbling. this school would work by 
by itself. There's no way the school would work without the students. So no, like it all works the way it works because of all the involvement. I think that's important. Yeah, thing. we're just talking business part right now. Sure, but it's, it's I think what you're getting it's at a separate it's, topic. It's, it's really important to have that genuine um, connection with all this stuff and really being genuinely connected to it because if you don't and they don't have that connection then there's really no point you're quite doomed if you do it for the wrong reasons you're just wasting your time and everybody else's and exactly it's yeah. like a, how i started being an artist if you know if i was thinking uh, i i started listening to this podcast that you you actually uh, you call we make a new one called how i art this how i art this yeah it was how i built this and yeah. it's a podcast the last called episode how I, how I that i've listened to yeah, uh, it's from NPR. And the last one was with Carol's daughter. Um, and that's a lady that basically created um, like those skin creams and, and moisturizers mm-hmm. uh, for like really buns. dry skins. Um, and I think she got purchased, like her company got, got purchased by L'Oreal mm-hmm. uh, a couple of years ago or maybe 10 years ago. I can't remember. But there was one of the interesting topics that she mentioned about because she was asked like, how like how, how did you end up being you know in this business? How did you end up making a decision to run this business? Because she actually had a successful job being a writer. She was actually uh, on the staff on I think she was writer or an assistant producer or something like that with the Bill Cosby Show hmm. back in the in the nineties. So back then it was big big you know so she was making it pretty good in hollywood or hmm. in tv sure. um but she decided to, to quit those that creams. that, I that need was those a creams. super successful job and the cream she dream. decided to quit that and someone asked her asked her like um you know if she, you know why she's doing it and you know she mentioned oprah and oprah said that uh, oprah is you know interviews different prolific people and most uh, and and one of the she I had you she, on last week, didn't she? I know. <laughs> Imagine being on Oprah. That's so be funny. So You're insane. just like and fucking my butt and uh, <laughs> <laughs> fucking my butt. You just be my talking. <laughs> um, but she mentioned this. This you know, in one of the interviews, she mentioned someone said uh, answered her question with, "If if you're not prolific or if you're not obsessed and passionate about what you're doing." Um, and if you're only running a business for a reason of, of making money, hmm. you're, you're never going to succeed because having a goal of just making money, you'll quickly find out that running business and making money out of the business takes years and takes forever to actually <laughs> break even. Yeah. Um, and if you're, if you're not passionate about it, you're going to lose interest really quickly. Yeah. Um, if, if it's something that you wake up and you're excited about every day, yeah. Without with knowing that it's making pennies of yeah. your time, you know. Um, we talked about that know, for Learn Squared, though. We talked about like how much we would really enjoy being able to get up and do live streams, learn stuff, share it, and build projects yeah, yeah, and yeah. passion projects, and be like, "I'm really into like anime right now, and I'm going to recreate anime. I'm going to show you how I've learned how to create the anime look, or whatever, or I'll make a short film." Or um, I think that's we've talked about that was like a. I mean, we're not uh, there yet. Getting closer every day. We slowly chipping sure. away at it. I think that's the thing. What I'm getting at is that we do have the passion to use that. Like our drive right. is to have more of what our company is, which is like we want to drink that Kool Aid, you know. Like, and I think that's really the interesting thing is, and I think that's an yeah, important part of owning a company and running a company is like being that in love with the the what it is, you know. Like it came from a place of us 
just loving and the way the way we think you know, the way we think every time i have a conversation with you or andrew it's always like we're, we're not talking numbers we're talking time like what how much the company has to make and how, how much has to happen for us to have x amount of time free from freelance work that's basically the way we look at it you know yeah yeah you know what's funny is um, we haven't even mentioned or talked about numbers in a long time we used to be like oh look at the numbers wow crazy we haven't talked about that in months, months and months. Nope. <laughs> it this goes to show we're, we're just like, yeah, well, we want to make this better or we want to make that better. And we know that the numbers will come eventually. And it's like, that's great. But it's like, uh, yeah, you know. Like, yeah, we, I mean, yeah. there's there are ways. I mean, we could make a couple of the decisions to make it work better in terms of money. Sure. But it would, it would make us hate what do we do. Yeah. <laughs> Basically. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. And yeah. I think that's, um, and that's the thing, like there are people that w- would make those decisions and they would love it. Yeah. You know, I have some people that run companies and I just, yeah, they, they, uh, I watch them and they, they, they run it on this weird thing where it's just like, I don't know, it seems really unhealthy. And I think that's when companies crash. There's a big, th- there was a book that we were both quite obsessed with. Um, we could try to get Andrew into it a little bit more. I don't think, I don't think he reads much. He, he wants us to talk about Prometheus on this podcast and I refuse to do so. I'm not even going to acknowledge that, but um, he's going to hear this and laugh because um, he said it's better than alien. And I don't even want to get down that because he's not even here to defend himself. when I start to attack him on saying such a thing. And he was, and, and you know, all credit to him. He cried watching Chappie <laughs> <laughs> to truth. He doesn't care that Andrew's so authentic. He doesn't give a crap. Um, what was I going to say? He's our here? boy. He's yeah, our boy. So. He's our boy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so don't, you guys can't make fun of only us. Um, what was I going to say? I totally lost track. Oh, well. Uh, that your butthole is dirty. <laughs> yeah, it's true. And then I got the butt spray. You, so we should talk about the butt spray. You got the butt spray. The and butt that spray changed, is pretty important. Yeah, it is. It's changed, butt spray. It dra- dra- dramatically changed the quality of my life. Like your life, your day-to-day is less fussy. <laughs> you're less like, you're less like, you don't get angry and, and yell Tourette style because your butt's clean. But, we're Anyways, talking about bidets here, by the way, for people that are interested. I just, before we, before I lose my, <laughs> your butthole, the, 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 yeah, but my butthole, before I lose that, the <laughs> essence of what I wanted to say, it's like, they have yeah, an essence, if, that band? If, if you're, if you're going in, if you're going in with the idea, I want to make money. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's uh, good. You, you have to do that. You, you too, can right? do that. Okay. You can do that, but you have to have a hell out of a grid oh, yeah. to, to sustain that kind of lifestyle. Yeah. Because you're going to be waking up and hating your life mm-hmm. if you're doing it only for the money. Because you're going to pick up something that you're not excited about yeah. that possibly can deliver a lot of money to you. And then you're going to up, end up hating it. Yeah. And like Tony Shea is Zappos or whatever when he sold it. And he could have made like two freaking million or something like that if he yeah, stayed they, for another they, couple of weeks. And he was like, I'm out of here. <laughs> what was and the now he's so sold? crazy wealthy. Uh, I forget What's the company they sold. Yeah. It was like, uh, it was advertising company, like uh, internet advertising company. I can't remember the name, yeah. but the, the, the clause was that when, the, when the, that he would get, I think $80 million vested if he stays for two years. Yeah. That's and, it. Yeah. And he said like six months before that, he was just so hating his life so much. He's like, I gotta probably lose 40 million out of it. Like half of it. Fuck it. Yeah. It's not worth it's not worth wasting another six months being here. You don't need that don't much know. money too, by the way. Yeah. Like, come on. Exactly. What are, you, what are you trying to do? But you live comfortably with like having a couple million dollars in the bank and you live like legitimately good. 
you know. But yeah, I mean, if you if you hate something and you can sustain it for a long time, good mm-hmm. for you, then do it. Sure. Um, but if you want to, if, if you want to run a business, and it's also it comes to art as well. Like if you want to be an artist, you, you you have to you have to like doing it. Like not just because you're inspired and you saw an artist and oh this this freaking artist is awesome. I want to draw like him. Yeah. But then or you, her. you or her or her or her or it. Or whatever, um, the LBQCWXYZ thing, yeah, yeah, anything that is out there, anyone and anything, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's like if it's inspired you, if it's inspiring to you to a point that even if you fucking fail, you still want to do it because it's still exciting. Then yeah, do it. But if if you fail and you get discouraged and you quit, it's not for you. And the same goes to business. You know, you you run a business. The, the, the most successful businesses, it's a pattern that people who made success, they, are, they were excited about, you know, doing the business for most of the time. Not every single business was built that way, but the ones that are sustained for and they're still there and they're still successful were built out of passion and the money just came somewhere along the way. Mm-hmm. You know, Whole Foods recently sold to Amazon. Did you know that? Yeah, I heard about that. Yeah. And Whole, uh, if you if you follow the story of Whole Foods before it became big, I mean, it was like a decade of one or two stores, I believe, yeah. something like that. And it's just like, it, it, I mean, they had the worst. They could have collapsed so many times, but it, you know, the guy who was running it, he had partners that actually did quit somewhere along the way, and I, I you know, from. Hearing the conversation, it was all like on the how I built this podcast. Actually, uh, it, it seems that they might have not been passionate enough, but as he was, you know, it yeah. ruined his marriage, it ruined his family life. But it was more important than anything, and he he was willing to take the sacrifice for no money whatsoever for most of the time, up until it actually became successful, you know. But it took a long, long, long ass time, and. It's very rare that you, you're gonna you're gonna start something and you're gonna you know become really successful right away. Like super rare. It barely ever happens. You have to have like a, a terrific idea that just resonates with everyone, and that's 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 how you're gonna you know make a business that is successful. And it's the same thing with art and any any kind of passion, any kind of job or you know, uh, direction you want to take your life with, you know, if, if you're not happy about what you're doing, it's, it's just gonna, only going to last for that long. And then you're going to get super tired and you're going to regret, you know? Yeah. How many, how many really rich people regret their lives? I don't know any really crazy rich people. I've met a couple, you know, a couple of celebrities, um, that are freaking crazy prolifically rich. And, um, yeah, it's hard to read, you know. You, you, I don't know them close, and I don't know them enough, so it's really hard. To, I mean, that's a lot of assumptions. There's a reason. Tell, you know? There's a reason why really rich people say money. I mean, depending on on what kind of people, right? If they're if it's a person that runs a business that they love running, then it's a different conversation. But you know, for 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 most of them, the 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 really prolific people. Money doesn't change anything in their life. They they're still doing what they need to do, right? Yeah. Like for instance, uh, Richard Branson, right? He he's creating businesses fucking left and right because he loves doing it. 
when you look at Elon Musk, Elon Musk could have retired when he sold PayPal. Yeah. Like he could just like fuck off. I, I don't need to work for the rest of my life and live like a king. He's driven by different pursuits. So not everybody yeah. has those yeah, pursuits, yeah, yeah. you know. So I think the key what you're getting but, at here is like it's important. But it to doesn't have those change pursuits, their life you know? whether they are whether they are rich or not. That's that's my point. You know, yeah. if you're passionate about something, it's a it's a long lifelong pursuit. Yeah. And you're gonna enjoy every single moment of it whether you're making money or not and you know um and if you want to make money other way i believe like you can do of course you can do it um no it's just i'd hate it yeah (laughs) yeah you can yeah and you might hate it and that's the key too and i think the thing is for this the key to this stuff is like just enjoying the process and enjoying what you find to be interesting and really enjoying that uh holistically and purely um, you know, you mentioned like if, if I wasn't able to make money off art, I would still do it. Like it wouldn't hold me back. You know, there was a, exactly. there was a part in my life where I stopped making music. I used to play music all the time and it still kind of saddens me cause I don't play music. And the only reason I don't touch an instrument is cause I get super obsessed with it. And I don't like, I'm like, okay, I can only have so many passions in my life. And since art does work and it is paying the bills and it is a part of like my ability to sustain living yeah. and continue it. But that's a different uh, subject. Like we should yeah. make completely new. Maybe Let's talk about Showtime. On, Let's talk about Showtime. <laughs> maybe next time you join the art cafe, we'll talk about you know uh, the the amount of things that happen in in your life and how to how to sustain with the madness of of opportunities or lack of thereof. You know. Yeah. Um, it's an interesting topic. You know. Oh yeah, I think it's, it's very it's relatable a, too because everybody can relate. Whether depending on your scale, you know, your scale of uh, yeah. Yeah, where you're yeah. coming from, what country, and your you know your deficits, and also you your can relate on it too. on every level. Yeah. Even if you if you're, you know, if you're unemployed, you can still relate on it and take a lesson out of it. Yeah, that's for sure. Goal, right, that's a cool Showtime. thing about these things too. No, I'm tired of talking Let's about. Talk so about we talked way too much about Showtime in this episode. <laughs> we didn't talk about Ghost and Shell or anything too. I mean, we kind of you kind of briefly touched on it a little bit, but <laughs> I think we're not I, doing enough th- podcasts, dude. <laughs> 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 should do more yeah i mean i'm always down we, and the the key thing to you guys like if you're listening to this and you're like oh this is interesting or i like more of this like we do these things called live streams they're involved with the school but it's a part of like another like i'm, I'm sure i imagine some of you are already familiar with that because you follow us or what up to what, whatever we're doing but um for those that aren't we do these live streams that are um we basically draw and we show uh, we show like technique and skills and we answer questions on the fly and it's really i think that's almost like a I know you're saying you don't want it to be like the podcast. I get that, but I it's it's kind of like a way of it's connecting. Different. Yeah, it's a way of connecting yeah, our love of um, communicating and sharing things. But the cool thing is, I think it's quite evolved because we're doing it on the fly and sharing things on the fly and like getting people to be aware of what it is that we're doing and how we're working on things. And um, and it's, and there's it's more a, related there's, to the school itself too. Yeah, exactly. It's more it's more focused on that too. I mean, although yeah. we did talk a lot about it in this this this. Uh, this podcast, but, and the school in general, but, um, I mean, yeah, let's talk a little bit about, um, bro time and then uh, let's wrap <laughs> this baby up because this is becoming a two hour fatty. <laughs> <laughs> See, you cannot stop talking when Papa's here. You just kind of want to keep going and just going. so people know too, we both call each other Papa and it's like this weird, really creepy joke that we do for ultra cringe. No, Papa's the best. Oh yeah. Um, you know, listen no, no, to Papa. No, I'm Papa. I'm Papa. No, and we I'm just Papa. have all these arguments and Andrew's in the middle like, what's no, going pa- on? Why Papa are my Papa's fighting? <laughs> <laughs> my papas are fighting 
uh, we have bro good time. times. Showtime. Showing the bro time. What do you want to know about Showtime? Uh, you know, kind of its origins. Where is it going? What's your thoughts with it? Like, you know, I know it's evolved a lot. I know you went like full on like gung ho, like I'm going to make a manga and go crazy. You kind of did the same thing I did with Lost Boy. And you're like, oh, wait. <laughs> <laughs> but you, you felt starting to feel that pressure. <laughs> you can't see, see me now, but gotta, I'm leaning back in my chair like lot. I'm dying. <laughs> I got asked a lot about doing uh, Kickstarter, but yeah, here's people why. People ask me and a lot to that too. Yeah. Here's why I don't want to do Kickstarter is because Kickstarter is a promise of a delivery of something yeah. that might or may not be delivered, and we know from the history of Kickstarters, there's you can actually watch YouTube videos. Uh, there is this I, there is this guy on on YouTube called iDubs TV, super controversial, controversial apparently, uh, super controversial guy that is super funny as well, and he made like a series of cr- criticizing different you know Kickstarters that are basically just scams. You know, yeah, there's a lot. So of there's that, a, there's a little bit of stigma when it comes to Kickstarter. We, I've seen projects that are really successful. Yeah, Joe just did his. Uh, his book, uh, yeah. yeah, I have the book. It's right here, sitting. And I, I, I was I actually when I got copies. it, I was yeah. like, "Damn, props to him, man!" I was like, slightly jealous, but it's slightly like super impressed with his like his ability to just push out that much work and and fulfill it and get come through with it. I See, mean, but that's his character. Like, yeah, I haven't met him. I mean, you've had him on this sh- on your show before. I really yeah, like, he's yeah. he's really into this one thing that he loves doing. And yeah, it yeah. works for him perfectly. That's, that's great. When you talk to him, he's super mellow and super. You know, Josan he's Gun, Gun, super cool Gonzalez, guy. Gonzalez, yeah. yeah. Uh, how do you say his first name? Jason or Josan? Uh, Hosan, I think. Hosan? Josan. Hosan, Hosan, I think. Gonzalez, yeah. Josan. He's rad. He does Hosan a lot of Gonzalez, stuff. Gonzalez, yeah. yeah. He, he lives in uh, Barcelona, I think, mm-hmm. in Spain. Yeah. And uh, yeah, he's like super mellow guy and super awesome to talk with. And But you can you can tell that what he's doing with his art is exactly what he wants to do every fucking day every moment of his life so it makes sense that he made a book yeah um i don't want to do kickstarter for one reason it's it's a it's an it's a promise of something that you will potentially deliver when it's promised and if you don't then fuck you yeah <laughs> you know what i mean oh it's yeah like, the internet goes it's in crazy the, it's, it's yeah. in the it's in the kickstarter contract i believe from what i remember that it's you know you don't have to deliver a product yeah it's just That's, a promise. Yeah. But now, you, I mean, you're going to burn bridges and burn your reputation and everything when you do that. But yeah. it is what it is. Some people don't care. I don't want to do that. Know, so, yeah. I, you know, yeah. the reason, yeah. for instance, you know, we do Learn Squared and we only ask for, for your money when there is a content that justifies the price, you know? Yeah. And, and you know what you you're do? getting. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know what you're getting and you're paying for education, something that you can use to educate yourself. And if you choose to do it, perfect, you know, but it's there. The content is there, mm. you know, yeah. whereas Kickstarter is like, uh, pay me so I can do it. And it, it works fine if you're that kind of person and you know you will do it, you know, mm. but I don't feel I don't think personally I am that kind of person because I'll tell you why. It's not that it's not that I wouldn't do it, you know. I would do it because if, you know, there's just too many things on the line to fuck, fuck it up. You know, you don't want to do that. You don't want to ruin your career, or burn bridges, make people hate you. That's the last thing you want to do yeah. for the little money you're going to get. Because, you know, 
Hmm. The what you do with Kickstarter, you 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 get money to produce something, uh, to actually make it happen, and then and then the any benefits that are gonna be there, it's they're gonna happen uh, afterwards. You know, yeah. if the product is successful, that's when you're actually gonna make money out of it, because majority of the of the of the profits gonna call, come to you know shipping it out and making sure it's produced and and done, and you have to account for it. And it becomes a, a full-time shit job. Shit ton of work, yeah. And a lot of people yeah. just don't see that because a lot of times we're just and you know we're, what? We're Maybe dummy artists that are just like, yeah, you're doing money, yeah, yeah. And Maybe if I was single, if I was younger, and I had like nothing to lose, I would fucking do it. You know, it'd be sure. a little different conversation. Now it's just like, yeah, I can do this, or you know, uh, keep doing what I'm doing and keep doing it because I love doing it, and not get pressured by, you know promises of something that i got paid for yeah uh because that's 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 the that's Scary. the most terrifying part to me you know yeah is knowing that you know if you have a family you have to support for it you have to take those jobs and especially when you have a kid you want to have time for a kid and the last thing you want to do is put some extra things on your plate and work on it for for the money you get paid from the community that is expecting and waiting uh, for a product that you promised, right? Yeah. Uh, I rather work on 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 Showtime and you know the whole idea behind Showtime on my own pace and really enjoy it, like really really enjoy it because I already do a lot of projects that I don't enjoy <laughs> when <laughs> it comes to work. There's work that I enjoy doing. There are projects that I enjoy doing for clients. Yeah. And there are projects that I do it and I'm gonna do it as professionally as I can. And try to get excited as much as I can, but let's let's be serious here. It's never going to be as exciting as anything or any of the ideas that I have on my own ever. That's never going to happen. You know, you might have run into a project that is really inspiring you to do like really crazy stuff. And for for you know, Ghost Ghost in the Shell uh, was one of those things, or you know, The Last of Us was one of those things for me. There were a bunch of film projects that I really enjoyed working on, but they were not like. Oh my God! It's such a groundbreaking idea that I can design for and and feel feel really fulfilled. Like, no, it's I'll do it as a professional and I'll make the best out of it to make director and production designer happy and you know maybe even exceed their expectations. But it's not gonna be my, you know, my bread and butter. And when it comes to like absolute passion for something that I love doing. Uh, and I don't want to. Ha- I don't want have my personal projects to become work. Yeah. I want them to be my personal projects that I enjoy doing for the sake of doing them. Yeah. So, it's so that's tough. what I've realized. Learn. And I, as you said, like, yeah, I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna do that. And I quickly realized, holy shit, this is fucking a lot of work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's... And I have I have other things that are more important. So, you know, there's going to be a time. I feel like there's going to be a time where I'll be able to put much more time and effort. Um, but I rather be prepared for it and do it at the right time. So there's always a right time to do something, right? Yeah, I believe so. And when you look at, you know, when you, when you pick and choose the work that you're getting, you know, in, in our position, like you and me, we have a luxury from the experience of our work and the amount of time and effort and energy we've put into developing our skills and developing our, um, connections with, with, you know, with uh directors dude how many times you've fucking worked your ass off and put much more hours than you were you were actually paid for just because you wanted to impress the client right yeah that's how you build those connections 
Always. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, <clears throat> what I was saying is, sorry, um, I actually fucking lost my train of thought here. <laughs> We're talking about Showtime and the passions and why you don't want to turn that into a job. Okay. And you yeah, want, yeah, and you're yeah, going to yeah, do yeah. it when you're going to be serious about it and you're going to be ready for it with the amount of time. Exactly. Um, when it becomes a priority for you rather than just like yeah. a casual hobby. Yeah, the time is finite and you you know, you don't want to you don't want to put too many things and too many stresses. I mean, you only live once uh in this life. Yeah. And I the more the, the longer I I'm on this planet, and the you know, the longer I I learn from life, the the more I realize, you know, how short life is really and you know, you kind of want to enjoy it, you know? You you want to have those moments bit. where <laughs> yeah, you want to have those moments where you can just sort of like fall back and enjoy it you know i was talking with ben hibben on art cafe recently Mm -hmm. and he has exactly the same mantra he's a guy who could easily fucking direct movies in hollywood easily he's so good yeah you know he's great eye and good storytelling and great personality he could easily do it but he's just you know i i think he's he he's he feels like he's in the right spot yeah and he's doing exactly what he wants to do and he doesn't, he, he, when you, when you listen to him, it's like the most, it's, it's almost like meditation. <laughs> it's yeah. just so mellow. <laughs> he's really chill. Yeah. He's definitely, yeah. um, he's been around the block a few times. He's got, he's yeah. got all that And, and he, he told me about it. Like he wants, he feels that he's in a good spot and he wants to enjoy it. You know? Yeah. And I think, I think the, 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 the older you get, the more you realize that, you know, how, how much effort you're going to put into something and, you know, kill yourself for nothing. You know, yeah. you don't want to do that. You just got to know where to put your energy. That's basically it. Because like, yeah, yeah it's, it gets really, um, it gets really, uh, complicated when you're putting all your energy into something that isn't, isn't yeah. intended so, for you to be there. Yeah. So Showtime for me, uh, switched from this big project that I realized will take a lot of time and it's not the right time for me to do it mm-hmm. because I have other priorities that take over in my life. Yeah. Um, it's just family and raising a kid and, you know, sustaining, um, good relation with clients and That's running weak. the school. Weak. <laughs> I mean, learn squared changed a lot as well. I mean, you yeah. know, for me, yeah. it's, for me, it's part of my life now. And, it's, it's funny because, you know, running a school with you guys, like you, when you have business partners, they become your family, whether you like it or not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, Leave me alone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but Showtime will have its time. It, it's, I, I, I'm <laughs> no still fun. doing it. I mean, I'm still, I'm still painting it. I'm still coming up with ideas. I, I just, I'm just having fun with it and experiment. It's an experimental phase for me. Hmm. But last thing I want to do is like, I had this idea like, Oh, I'm going to pitch for film. I'm going to do this. Gonna Fuck that dude. Yeah. I just want to enjoy it. I just, you know, it's one of those things that you enjoy it. It's much like, much like you with your lost, lost boy. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've, there's been times where I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm done with it for now. I'm taking a break, you know? And then, yeah. and then sometimes I get really like, Oh, I really miss it for the good reasons. I'll read like a, a comic book or I'll watch a movie that really like reminds me yeah. of how much I love it. And I'm like, oh, I gotta get back into it. And then it's there. It'll always be there. That's the thing I think I got to remind myself is like, it'll always yeah. be there and it's okay. You know, it's like, it's not going anywhere and I should just be okay with just like, all right, you know, it'll be there and it's not like it's going anywhere and I don't necessarily have to rush through this thing and, 
And it's, 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 I think also one thing that happens to me, I'm sure it happens to you too, is like you develop as a person. And so your perception of what's good changes. And that's also yeah. a problem. Cause then oh, you're like, for sure. when I first started doing those, I was like, I'm just going to draw and have fun. And, and then I was like, well, what's this all about? I'm like, who cares? And I'm just having fun. And then like, <laughs> you got to have a story and you got to have a you know, love interest and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I don't want to have all that stuff. I just want to draw. And I think I'll probably end up just coming back down to just going, you know what? I don't care if I have a story or not. I mean, Lost Boy definitely does. Mainly, it's a lot of what Anthony had been developing and what we did to, together. But it's, yeah. I I just, when I do it, it's like weird. When it comes to that project, I don't know if it's the same for you, but it's so disattached from client work that I just go, I don't care what anybody thinks. I will not draw anything else in this world other than what I see in my head. Anything else, mm. it's just, I'm not going to do it. I don't want to. It's like, that is a separate thing. It's like, a, it's, yeah. like, it's like my dessert. I don't put my hamburger into my cake and go, this is great. <laughs> like, no, I want my cake and ice cream separate from my hamburger, you know, and like, I want my Lost Boy cake. You're making your own recipe, basically. <laughs> but I want to keep them it. separate. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm, I'm separating them because, you know, there are certain um, ingredients that go with client work that really just kind of, they smash through things, uh, on, and, and it's, it, it, those are bad traits yeah. to carry into the, your, your personal stuff, I think. And it, it's, it can did, get dangerous. No, yeah, and that's, absolutely. How, that's how I got burnt out on it. Honestly, I was like, wow, this is turning into same, a job. Same thing, dude. So. Same thing. It's like when it, when you feel like it's turning into a job and, yeah. and again, like I think it's a, it's when you're running your own personal projects, it's, it's very important that you're enjoying them because yeah. if you're not, then you're going to, you're going to end up hating them. It's like becoming an artist. It's really important that you enjoy uh, and you're, you're passionate about drawing and, or about modeling or about animation, any of those things. And, and whether you fail or not, you're still going to enjoy it. Yeah. But the moment someone has expectations that's when that's either it's, it's either it's a job or it's a nightmare, you know, like one yeah. thing is a job that pays the bills and the other thing is like you have expectations and nothing comes out of it or nothing that you want it to, to be comes out of it. Yeah. It's something, something that someone expecting you to do, not what you're expecting from yourself. So that's, that's not the right place to be in my opinion for the projects. Now, you know, what do you do Kickstarter or not? You know, I personally, I feel like I don't want to do it. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I think it would be uh, a time bomb for you <laughs> and for me it would. too. But, but it would just be like, hey, who knows? Maybe, <laughs> maybe a couple of years, maybe a year or two from now, I'll be in the right spot to know, like, to say like, hey, like this is the right spot for me to actually, you know, I feel enough energy to actually do it. Yeah. And it, it's going to be a right moment and the right time. You know, I, um, I don't think there's ever going to be a perfect time. And there, there, you should listen to the episode I did with Daniel Warren Johnson, who's an actual comic artist. Oh yeah, and, and his. I, I don't think I don't think it's a perfect timing. Yeah. I, I I don't believe in that. Like it has to be. Like I don't believe like you have to have a perfect motivation to start working, or you have to have clear mind to get to a client work. No, I mean, sit down most, and do it. Most, yeah, just sit down and do it. Yeah. And it's funny it's, is like the work that and the effort that we put into say our own projects, Lost Boy or, or Showtime is, is same energy. <laughs> We're just right. literally getting paid from somebody else. And I think there's like, there's a disconnect there. And I've been really thinking about psychologically, why, why am I putting so much time and effort and sacrifice and wanting to kill myself for this one thing? And then not in my own stuff. And I feel that, oh, it's probably just because of an insecurity. One of those is an insecurity. And the other part is just like, right. 
it's paying the bills and you got to respect that. And you know how it is. Like if you, if somebody hires you, you do the, you do freaking kill it, man. And that's it. You do the best job you can. And that is yeah. it. There's no other way. You just do it I'm, and you kill it. Yeah. I'm horrible to deal with. And I, you know, I, I admire my wife for dealing with me because <laughs> if something, if something doesn't go along with the plan, especially if I plan for like a client work, yeah, and I oh. know I have to deliver and I always want to deliver on like the highest level. Yeah. Um, and if I'm not doing that, if I'm like late with work or anything, I'm so fucking frustrated. Yeah. Me too. It's like, it's like you when you're tired. Yeah. Like I cannot talk with you on the phone when you're tired because <laughs> I want to fucking mur- murder you. <laughs> you're yeah. so, such a fucking annoying piece of shit. <laughs> and I believe uh, I'm the same great. when I'm, when I'm like pressured by the client for it because yeah. whether I love it or hate it, I still want to deliver on the highest level. And you know, you're going to have your slip ups and you're going to have moments where it doesn't, you don't deliver on the highest level, Yeah. but that's rare though. He's like, fuck, I fucked up here, but now I'm going to put those extra 20 hours that the client maybe doesn't deserve, but still I'm going to do it because I feel like it has to be done, you know, Yeah. because the quality level has to be there. So it's, it's that now there's no, never a perfect moment to do anything. Hmm. It's never a perfect moment to decide to have a kid either. <laughs> yeah. To, to, to become a, pa- a parent. There is never a perfect moment for that ever, <laughs> but you, sometimes you just make a decision and make it happen. Right. Yeah. Um, but you feel, at least you feel it's a right moment to do it. Like not perfect moment, but the right moment. Yeah. There's, there's, the circumstances are fair enough for you to, you know, put your, put your feet down and do it. You know, get your hands dirty, uh, get your dick dirty too, butthole dirty too. <laughs> um, and then use that bidet. <laughs> okay. That's a perfect way. We should end it right here. That's his perfect All advice right. to end it. <laughs> no, yeah. um, no, we should do, we should wrap it up cause it's getting late and I got stuff to do, bruh. Um, and you're flying tomorrow. Yeah, I'm, fle- I'm leaving the country tomorrow. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, there's a lot of things covered here. Um, there's a lot of different topics. A lot has happened in your life since we last spoke on the podcast. So um, yeah, I mean, without us getting too lost into another like just wormhole of madness, is there lost anything the like one of the things I like to leave with these? Uh, it, there's a lot of advice that you've passed on. That I think is really great for any listener. But um, is there something that you would you know some advice that you would give to yourself six to 12 months ago that would you think would save you a lot of hassle yeah get that b-day earlier on (laughs) (laughs) i was hoping you're gonna say i didn't think you had you were gonna do it but you freaking you don't care man that's great yeah so if you don't have a butt spray and you keep wiping your butt you get a butt spray and that's the way you do it i wash dude i'm not a savage i wash my butt okay but (laughs) but but being able to wash your wash your butthole without ever fucking raising your butt out this of the episode, toilet. It just got so good. Episode Dude, it's just... epic. The first the first experience you have with it is like, oh, it's magical. Dude. It's, uh, yeah, I screamed a little bit. Like, ah. Oh, yeah. I, I had like, After I went to Japan, I was a civilized man. I came back. I was like, this is not right. This is yeah, not right. Fucking <laughs> Yeah. Japanese had like they yeah. figured it out. Dude. Uh, yeah, they lots figured of things it out. figured out so far. So yeah, <laughs> they're in so, advanced. Yeah, do species. yourself a favor and, and get a bidet. So it's important. <laughs> yeah, it's, you, it you makes, took a while. Andrew got his, and we were like, it's, dude, it's when a, are you going to join the bidet club? Come on, <laughs> hashtag bidet club. If you like this episode, hashtag it. Hashtag bidet club. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Bidget club. <laughs> Bidget, Bidget bros. Club. 
bitchybros.com. Nah, that's awesome. I agree. That's the best advice you could have given, I think, anybody to have a clean butt. Because when you're sitting down doing art all day, you don't have a stinky butt. So there you go. Yeah. Doesn't smell. And this works you know? for everybody because everybody has butts, no matter who you are. Yeah. And it's squeaky clean. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my god, that's perfect. We're ending it right here. Thank you so much, Mache, and and uh, and everybody for putting up with this episode. I hope you guys enjoyed it. <laughs> and that concludes this week's episode. Big thank you to Mache for coming on the show and sharing his time with us this week. You can find links to the show notes for this week's episode at thecollectedpodcast.com slash one fifty eight, along with links to our Facebook, Twitter, and iTunes podcast page. Have an amazing day, everybody. You know the drill. Go out there, be powerful, go be prolific. Peace out, everyone.